Welcome to the Best Picture Cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I recently completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one. Each episode, myself and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not, however, what we will be doing today. Today, we have a BPC Christmas special episode here. We have selected a Christmas movie that we wanted to tackle and put out there. No, no special special poll or any. Yeah, no, no crowdsourcing. No, that, <laughs> we just kind of we picked what's good. And the movie we selected is 1990s Home Alone. So it will be a Home Alone podcast. But I am not here alone today. I have a, as you've just heard them. Uh, a couple of co-hosts and familiar voices, and uh, we'll have them introduce themselves now. Hey guys, it's Joey R. Happy to be back. Happy to talk about Home Alone. Hey guys, Grant Z here. Ho, ho, ho. There we go. <laughs> and yes, it's Joey R. and Grant Z. And then the last time the three of us were together alone on this podcast was uh, yeah. the Rebecca episode, I think. It's been a the while. first three-man episode. And that was the first yeah. three-man episode, yeah. Kind of changed the way, uh, how we do things around here. So Same um, table. Same, 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 table, same the, house, the Grand Z seating arrangements. The Grand Z Studio, ready That's to go. Right. I love it. So this movie was one. Well, this is you guys kind of got together and picked this one, right? I mean, this is was we, I let you guys kind of choose. Yeah, so. we we uh, we threw around a couple things, but yeah, I think I, I think we we didn't know if we wanted to go one like that could have been nominated for an Oscar that was nominated for an Oscar. For, but we just kind of said, you know what? Let's just go with a really well known, really popular movie that, that everybody that, loves. That everyone loves. Yeah. So yeah. we decided to go with uh, Home Alone. Should be familiar to most people, at least. Our age and younger. It's really hard to miss from I Thanksgiving think, to Christmas. I think you'd have to actively avoid it. Yeah, everyone knows of this movie. You know, I want to ask you guys if you can figure out a way to recall your first <laughs> time seeing it. I know that I'm going to have a hard time doing it, but we're first just going to talk about what we're drinking here in the seasonal episode. Grant, what do you have for us? Well, you know, um, it is the uh, the holiday season. It's upon us, and I'm uh, drinking right now a Sam Adams Winter Lager. Okay, very good. The old Sam winner. Yeah. So I, I'm keeping it in uh, local. We're going uh, Finback Brewery from Queens for the Perpetual Pilsner. No relation at all to the movie, just a delicious there's, beer. You know, there's some red and green on the can, though. It, it's, a, it's a Christmas-looking can. Okay. It's a big right. stretch. It's I a big stretch. Like it. Looks like ornaments. The Revolution Brewery in Chicago is one of my favorites. And I know they do a Christmas ale each year. I couldn't get my hands on it, but that would be a real, really good. That would be good. Yeah. Yes. But I did get a Christmas ale, and it's uh, from uh, the New York area. It's Sloop Brewing, and it is their No Santa New England IPA. I really like this this brewery. They do good, juicy IPAs. Yeah, they do good stuff, Sloop Brewery, yeah. Yeah, I haven't been disappointed yet. So. so nobody went with a milk stout? I figured the amount of milk in this movie, somebody I would, would. Yeah, I thought yeah. Yeah. Grandma yeah. <laughs> I have a milk stout somewhere, probably, in my refrigerator, but... We do have a fresh cheese pizza ready to go for us. <laughs> this movie was definitely sponsored by milk. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, before we talk about our first time seeing it, I do want to remind everyone that you can find us on our socials at Best Picture Cast. So Best Picture Cast, just how it sounds. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We are on the Twitter as well. So you can get us under those spots. You know, if you, uh, you can DM us. We usually respond. We're pretty good about that. If you have something lengthy to say, you can send an email to us as well. We are bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. That's bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. And again, our socials are at bestpicturecast. We also uh, want to remind you too, if you are 
listening to this on whether it's Apple or Spotify or, or Stitcher or wherever it may be, to just subscribe. That always helps us get our visibility out there. And if you're on Apple, please rate and review. That uh, also helps us get, get ourselves out there and helps us be a little more recognizable to the old search engines. Grant. Yeah. This is a favorite of yours, no? Since yeah, this, this movie, um, I, I was telling you this earlier, out of uh, Jaws and the Star Wars movies, this might be a movie that I'm probably the most familiar with. Oh, wow. I, I, I see it's, it's my wife's favorite movie of all time. Not even Christmas movies. It's my wife's favorite movie. And you said your daughter's already quoting my daughter, the My, my three-year-old, <laughs> she just turned three, and she's already quoting the movie. And Hearing the music from the outside knows what it knows, is. She knows that's it's John Williams. It's that's awesome. raising her right. Doing um, good work. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I've come this time of year, I'm always watching it. It's always, it's always on. So yeah. Yeah, That being said, do you... Remember seeing it for the first time? I had... do. I, I saw it in the theaters. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's the first time, I mean, this book came out in 91? 1990. 1990. It's the first time I remember like being in a theater with everyone's laughing and like just sharing an experience mm-hmm. like this. You know, I've seen it, you know, in the future, like with Anchorman and Dodgeball and Wedding yeah, Crashers. Right. Like just everyone in the theater. A just, shared experience. Just, just dying of yep. laughter. And yeah. uh, that's that's my one thing I really remember from my experience. Cool. Joe? Joe? Yeah, so I saw it in theater too, twice. Um, one time with the Boy Scouts, and then one time with my family and like my cousins. Both times it was packed, it was super fun, and I've yeah. watched it numerous times every year since. And yeah, I mean, I, I remember it clearly, especially the Boy Scout one, because there was a bunch of friends there, and I just remember it was... Yeah, you get the old party experience. Yeah, just a good... And just like Grant said, that communal experience of all laughing at something. Like, you know, more modern movies, like Tropic Thunder is probably the hardest I've laughed with a group of people yeah. in a theater, but yeah. I still remember Home Alone from 20, 30 years ago, which is pretty wild. Yeah. For, for me, this is a... <laughs> it was a video cassette one. I did not see okay. it in the theater, so yeah. I probably saw it for the first time at a, you know, at like a, a friend of my parents' house where it's this kind of like Christmas party, whatever, they have all the kids together and they put on a movie type of deal. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, I think, is my earliest memory. I can't promise you it's the first time I saw it, but that would be my earliest memory of it. And it's just a, a video rewatchable. You know, it's probably one that I, oh, you yeah. know, when, when I was a kid was just on all the time. So oh, yeah. it's something you quoted. I do have a distinct memory of seeing the sequel, Home Alone 2 in New York. <laughs> I, in I remember that. I, I saw that in the theaters also. Yeah, and I remember. Yeah, that was like an opening weekend deal yeah. for me. I remember. That was I, huge. I left, I left the theater and uh, somebody, I, this is, I remember this specifically. And somebody was saying, it was just like the first one. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. <laughs> it was just like the first one, but everyone was a little bit meaner to Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so we are actually going to talk a little bit about the second one as well when we're done wrapping up the first one. But our, our focus here will be on the original Home Alone. Do we have anything else we want to say in the intro here? I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah, I just think right it's a it. movie that's super familiar to everybody, and um, I think we're about to do it some justice. I hope so. We'll definitely talk about Macaulay Culkin, too, because he has a little interest career path as well so yeah, yeah no let's I, I don't see any reason not to hop Dive right, right in, in. Let's, let's get it okay so the year is 1990 it's a little 30 year throwback the wwf heavyweight champion was speak to me warriors it was the ultimate warrior nice. defeated, r.i.p yes absolutely he defeated hulk hogan at wrestlemania 6 earlier that year in toronto in that famous showdown between the two the Stanley Cup champions that year were the Edmonton Oilers as they defeat the Boston Bruins in five games. It was the fifth Stanley Cup win 
in the past seven seasons for the Oilers. They have not won one since, but they did return to the finals in 2006. That team's captained by Mark Messier, uh, but absent was Wayne Gretzky, who, was, who had been previously traded to the LA Kings. It's the Oilers' only championship without the great one on the roster. And Boston's coach, Joey, or a New York Islander fan like myself, uh, Boston's coach was the infamous Mike Milbury, who is much oh, maligned. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. Much maligned by New York Islander fans. Oh, yeah. Justifiably. <laughs> the world leaders that year. Here we go. This is the, the hot seat every one of these off episodes here. What you do to yourself every time. We'll start with the Prime Minister of England. Nice and easy. It's John Major returning okay. to the podcast. Like John Major. That, that, that checks out. Check my notes. That checks out. Of course, England's also under the sovereignty of Queen Elizabeth II. Canada's Prime Minister is Brian Mulroney. The President of France is Francois Mitterrand. I believe we had him last week as well. The Italy President was Francesco Cosiga. The gets a little tougher from here. The President of Greece. <laughs> God, you're going <laughs> Greek. You're going Greek. The President of Greece is Christos Sartzetakis. Did you even S- look Sartsatakis? Did you even look at this before? <laughs> you? Sadly, I did. Hey. <laughs> the president of India is Ramaswamy Venkataraman. Ramaswamy Venkataraman. Yes. And the uh, uh, the president of Russia, of course, is Mikhail Gorbachev. I guess. <laughs> Grant's turning red over you there. Yeah, you know. Oh my God. I'm just, I'm just picturing all the hate mail kind of coming. Oh boy. We're Listen, just... hate mail means people are listening. So we'll take it. We'll take it. Let's spin the hot seat around to you guys. The CMA Country Music Song of the Year. Mm-hmm. We got a tough one. Oof. We got a tough one on our our country contest this week. It's called Where Have You Been. Where Have You Been, written by Don Henry and John Vesner, performed by Kathy Matea. Where Have You Been? Any ideas about what Where Have You Been is about, gentlemen? I would guess it's a, um, it's a, sad, a sad song about a wife whose husband's a boozer. Wow. Okay. okay. That's my guess. Yeah. I'm going to go happier for the Home Alone episode. Someone who's been single for a while meeting... Hmm. their significant other and you know where have you been i've been waiting for you wow okay so you're kind of both you split the split the uh the decision on that one yeah uh it is a sad song ah but it is a sad happy song and it is about someone who joey about a woman who is single late in life meets her uh, significant other late in life okay so we're on the right track yes and they spend um 60 years together from there but then she gets, looks like she gets like, uh, she loses her memory and goes senile. Mm. And then, you know, so I'll, I'll let the lyrics speak for themselves here. And of course, the first verse is a snippet of the first verse. I'm not going to kill you with that. Claire had nearly given up when her and Edwin fell in love. She touched his face, shook her head and said, where have you been? I've looked for you forever in a day. Where have you been? Hmm. And then, you know, there's a boring second verse in the middle. Then the third verse, we get, Claire soon lost her memory, forgot the names of most of her family, and she never spoke a word again. So this is where oh, it gets the sad Christ. part. Yes. Jesus. One day they wheeled him in, and in a fragile voice, she said, where have you been? Huh. So, yeah. So it's, it's, I guess it's a happy song, but it's, it's a sad and happy song. It's, sure. it's the basis for the notebook. We're pulling yeah, on, exactly. we're pulling on yeah. country Christmas heartstrings here. This, this <laughs> the movie, of course... We're talking about today is Home Alone, and it is directed by Chris Columbus, the second most famous Chris Columbus. And that's true. 
Yeah. Probably one who gets a lot less ire, too, I would imagine. Is it spelled the same? Yeah. Okay. It is an original script written by John Hughes. Johnny Hughes. John yeah, Hughes, man. who's uh, known for... Old-timer. Ferris Bueller, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, mm. Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, yeah. Uncle Buck, Mr. Mom, and Beethoven. Music is by... The great John Williams. My legendary John Williams. We've spoken yeah. quite a bit about John Williams on this podcast. And the cinematography, the Home Alone cinematography, I'm sure everyone's real honed in on. They know on our uh, all of our episodes we're going to hit not, you up If it's that. not Cundy, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is Julio Macat. Macat. Okay. Julio Macat. Um, my cat named Julio. Yeah, he has uh, done such... What... <laughs> 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 He's done such wonderful cinematography work as Wedding Crashers, Ace Ventura Pet Detective, and The Nutty Professor. Interesting. But if you did want a Dean Cundy connection, Grant. Yeah, lay it on me. Our buddy John Hughes, who we just spoke about, did the screenplay for Flubber. Okay. Which was, of course... A Cundy, yeah. Yes, a Cundy joint. (laughs) Cinematography by Dean Cundy. Home Alone is starring Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern... John Heard, Catherine O'Hara, and the great, the legend, John Candy. It was, in fact, nominated for two Oscars. Yes. At the, at the 1990 Oscars, or the Oscars for the year of 1990. Uh, that was Best Score by John Williams. Of course. And Best Original Song, Somewhere in My Memory, music by John Williams, lyrics by Leslie Bricuse. Both were also nominated for, gra- for a Grammy for yeah. that song as well. And interestingly enough, we read on the Golden Globes a little bit last week. A little bit? <laughs> <laughs> Any Golden Globes enthusiast slammed us shut after 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, for sure. And uh, this movie is also nominated for two Golden Globes, including Best Picture for a comedy musical and Best okay. Actor, Macaulay Culkin, for okay. a comedy musical. So, okay. You know what? Good boy. job, Golden Globes. Yeah, the Golden that's, Globes. That's out of the box thinking. Oh, it was a hit, man. This was a. Uh, it was Massive. one of the biggest movies of the year. Over four hundred million dollars. Yeah, I mean, it it almost made a half a billion dollars. It's unbelievable for a family comedy. That's that's unheard of. Of an eighteen yeah. million dollar budget, and wow. as we mentioned a little bit before, it spawned a sequel. That also grossed a massive three hundred sixty-five million worldwide. So now they're doing a reboot. Yeah, well, I can't speak to anything after the second one. Well, I mean, there's been a couple. There's, there's, been, there's what, at least two more. There, are, I know there's a third one there's because third Disney one. Plus really wants me to watch it. <laughs> there's a there's a fourth one where Kevin's well, parents get divorced and he's at like the dad's house. It's it's okay. Nice. Hey. And for some reason, he like looks younger than Nicole Culkin did in the first one. Right. Well, the I third one's like the little brat from Liar Liar, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, and it goes to show you the value of Macaulay Culkin in this because he can make it work where you oh my God. stick someone else he's, in place. He's great. Yeah, this, I mean, he crushes it. Home Alone, it's a, and we overuse this word all the time, but it is an iconic piece of pop culture cinema. Yeah, question. If you look at it, yeah. and if you look at the 90s, and it's, it is 1990, so it's the very beginning of it, it's tough to look at that part of the decade and not at least recognize Macaulay Culkin. He was... You know, he was in Michael Jackson music videos. He was in commercials. He was... Uncle Buck. Yeah, he was... Well, that was his his debut, right? Then My Girl. Oh, no, My Girl's after this? My Girl's after this. After this? Yeah, we'll go through... uh, We'll we'll take a little closer look at his small run there in the 90s and his filmography from there. The start of this movie, guys, I just want to say right off the bat, you forget, like, how, like, there's, like, creepy elements to this movie. Like, there's a little bit of... It kind of had, like, a Tim Burton feel. Like, the very, very opening. Oh, like, the... With the music. Yeah, with the score. With the moon and then into, like, the cartoon house. 
yeah. the Home yeah, Alone. Yeah, had, had almost kind of like a little uh, a haunting twist to that Christmas little, song. It sounds, seemed a little ominous, and that kind of gets repeated later in the movie when the when the windstorm happens. Mm-hmm. Yes, like right, and the, the power the Santa, goes out, the and they front come door, out. And that front door, like the Norse Santa. Yeah, it looks scary, yeah. shadowing. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's something that stuck out to me this watch. This is a movie I haven't seen in, I mean, probably close to two decades. This is wow. not one that I've watched. Oh, wow, really? Or, yeah, from beginning to end, yeah, it's been okay. a very long time. So there were a few things that stuck out, but that was one of them for sure. Okay. Is that they definitely played on a little bit of the supernatural, which is not something I remembered at all. I will also say that the first 15 minutes of this movie I found incredibly charming and entertaining and yeah. it's so much fun. really easy to love. You have, you get a really good a really good breakdown of the family dynamic yep. it almost seemed very effortless yes in terms of just like okay well this is where kevin belongs in this family this is how he fits in this is how all the other siblings view him all that stuff and it just it just it's done so casually right and yeah it, just the chaos and the energy done in such a cool realistic a, unforced great, way they did a great job yeah. of capturing pre-vacation dinners. Yep. Like, but like 15 people, two, one family coming in from Ohio, getting everything and just chaos. And then yeah. really like kind of the hierarchy, the parents. And... It was non-forced exposition yeah. too. Yeah. And that's one of the things is if you can, if you can use the pieces of your cast properly, you don't really have to directly explain anything. No. You can have one little girl say this and then one little right. girl say that. And then the older brother There's say this so and many, then the uncle so say many that. Characters. And it's... just you kind of lived as Joe Pesci's character, which I love that they had him right in the start of the movie in the yeah. copy uniform. Yeah, that... Just completely overwhelmed yeah, by and everything. You don't know who he is or what's going on. <laughs> Are your on parents here? Yeah, do they live here? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and anytime you can kind of put the audience in the shoes of one of the characters, it makes it, it makes not having expedition dumps much it's... easier. The movie shifts narrative a few times, and like in the first, the beginning of the movie, the narrative is more or less with Joe Pesci, just yeah. trying to like get his bearings and trying right. to get the answers that he needs. It's, it's it's great, and then when we first meet Kevin with the parents, is just such a fantastic scene. Well, what, one thing I, I want to say too is even before we get really get there, and we've talked a little bit about this, is when you have a lot of cast members yeah, in, like, so, not so much space. And it's not like you leave Home Alone knowing each and every one of the, thir- what do you say, 13 kids, members of the family? Well, uh, it's 15 well, people it's total, so 11 kids. Yeah, yeah. and 11, yeah, so 11 kids. So, so many kids. Right, so... And besides Buzz, whose names do you know? Yeah, you can't necessarily get the kid from Pete and Pete. Who puts you know, a toothbrush but, in yeah. his pocket the night before going on vacation. <laughs> yeah, that is gross. just a terrible packing job. Not a, not yeah, a that's, job that's, that's Jeff. Yeah. No, oh, it's, it's I just Buzz. It's Buzz, Jeff, Lenny, Megan, and Kevin. Okay. Yeah, but it, I've keep, seen this movie a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I literally in my notes wrote, "Why did Pete and Pete put the toothbrush in his pocket?" Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, showing showing each of their faces and having each of them kind of chime in is a nice way of doing it, as opposed to just having them all there and really not giving many of them lines. Even you, you know, you characterize like the, the kid, the one kid's the wed bet the. The bed wetter. The yeah, bed yeah. That's um, yeah, Macaulay Culkin's real uh, Kieran real Culkin. brother. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We first meet Kevin Jones. You're saying, and we'll, you'll walk us through that one. Yeah, it just with the parents, and it's just Kevin being super charming off the bat, <laughs> going to the siblings asking what to pack. I just found hysterical how just everyone thought he was useless. Mom's gonna do it anyway. Yeah. He's kind of also like you can also see why he gets a little girl. He's kind of a little brat too. I mean, he's not oh, like yeah, what, what, does he what does he tell the like his mommy like snaps at her. He's like, why don't you hang up the phone and find out? Yeah, or yeah. Something yeah. Like that. make me. Why don't you? Yeah, make me. Yeah, okay. right. Yeah, yeah. Listen, precocious. Oh, listen, he's precocious. All of, listen, 
all of the McAllisters are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> they all are. They're all, like, they're all not great people. <laughs> right. It's just a, just a rich... They're just like, like, a rich... Like, I don't jerky know, I don't know, family. I don't know what his dad does, but like... High end, and he's not around a lot. Whatever it is, he is not in that house a lot. Because I, you could tell he is very uncomfortable by the chaos. Whatever yeah. he does, he's in control, and people listen to him. But I'll tell you, though, <laughs> if it were a jerk store... The highest seller or the highest priced item would be Uncle Frank. Oh my God! For also, sure. If it, I don't care who it is, if somebody calls my kid a jerk, yeah, I'm not just jerk. gonna look it off. Like what pieces of shit? Yeah, that would, that's but, tough. Yeah, look what you did, you little jerk. He, my kid could light someone on fire. You call him a jerk, I'm gonna be. It's funny because obviously Peter McAllister, <clears throat> the dad, does really well for himself. The father. The father. Um, and then you have. Uncle Rob, who's the one who lives in Paris. Does very well for himself. Does very well for himself. Which we really learn about in number two. Yes. And then you have Uncle Frank, who is the third brother. He's the, he's obviously, the obviously the black sheep of the family. I, which like, yeah. so I, I, will, I, I, looked, I did look this up. The house, 671 Lincoln Avenue yeah. okay. in Winnetka, Illinois. It went on sale last year, right? Uh, I don't know, but it, the, Z, the Zillow estimate is $1.65 million. Well, so honestly, in that think, in like a suburb of Chicago, I thought it would have been more. Kate, uh, Kitty looked this up last night. It sold in nineteen eighty nine for eight hundred thousand dollars. Okay, and back like that's that's huge. That's that's, that's yeah, a lot wow. of money. In that's crazy. Yeah. Honestly, maybe the price went down because you have so many people driving by your house. It it's like, like the Amityville the Am- Horror the House, house. is a giant house in a and also the, people a whole family was murdered in there, but but whatever. But <laughs> no. it, but the price is down because people are driving by it so much. I would hate it. I would so hate honestly, I bet you that house is priced down because uh, of the McAllisters. It's eight seventy five. That's I got I got a text correction. Oh, there we go. Eight hundred seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs> yes, Grant's wife Katie is is monitoring us for a distance to make sure we don't say anything stupid here today. Yep. We will be fact-checked oh, and yes. <laughs> tone-checked, which is exciting. Our, our producer this evening. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's very clear that the McAllisters are doing very well because, I mean, if you're just willing to just fly people back and forth to... 15 you know, people to 15 Paris. 15 people on, like, an overnight 15 ticket. Pe- and then the whole yeah. trip to Paris, footing the bill for 15 people. I mean, what are you looking at here? That's a lot of money. 15, 20 grand? That's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, but so, so then my next favorite part, and, 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 and four of the seats are first class. Too. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> the adult seats. And then the pizza man comes. And then, right. So I, I, I've seen this movie enough where I have, I have a segment in my notes called Home Alone Pizza Logic. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is always something that bothered me. First okay. of all, pizza with milk is gross. Disgusting. Yeah, I have a whole thing about I'm, milk. I'm just, yeah, let's. It's, okay. Can we just say it's gross and move now, on? Well, hold on, though. I do want to say this, though. When you were a kid... Were you not ever served pizza with milk? Never in my life. Oh, I definitely was. Oh, no. And like at friends' houses and oh, friend, no. Yeah, there was like I'm, okay, you know, we're having pizza, but you're gonna have to drink. That's wait, that's an no, absolutely not. I wouldn't have been friends with them anymore. That's an, <laughs> that is an unacceptable amount of dairy for one meal. So there's 15 people in this house, right? Yes. Buzz ordered eight, but so Buzz orders it. You can there's there's a passing conversation where they talk about Buzz ordering right. pizza. Yes. Which makes sense that a, a fat 15-year-old asshole teenager <laughs> orders his pizza. You don't put him in charge of ordering pizza. So eight pizzas. Ten. Ten pizzas? <laughs> Ten pizzas. Ten pizzas. So wait, oh, now my math is off. That's 120 slices. So 120 slices. 12 bucks. 120 slices. Like, that's way too many slices. 80 slices. slices. And 80, well, it's, is it 12? Oh, yeah, it's $12 a pie, eight slices per right, pie. Right. Okay, so... 80 slices for 15 people. 
And so by this logic, everyone everyone has everyone has some pizza, and Kevin gets down like what thirty seconds. <laughs> all the cheese pizzas gone. Well, because yeah, he only it ordered, must have been so he only one ordered pie. one cheese. He only ordered one cheese but pizza to be an asshole. Right, it's an asshole move by the. I mean, Buzz, fantastic scumbag, Big Brother. Oh my god. Yeah. But what is on the other? Was it just all mushrooms and peppers because it he looked, knows it Kevin looked, hates it? It looked like it looked like some had like meatball on it. I mean, listen, Kevin has to grow up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, come on, he Kevin. has to have like he can have some meatball, a cheese pizza, he can have some pepperoni. Right. I I have had friends my whole life though who have shown no respect for those of us who like plain cheese pizza though. They got they go, oh, no, they, when you order well pepperoni meatball like a sausage onion da, da, da. it's like okay and then you open yeah. all the boxes and there's just this meat all over the place. Well, there's usually there's, and it's like where, where there's, there's usually a fight for like a half here's a half here's pie what, plane. So 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 fifteen people. So what you order three pies right? Three pies should feed fifteen people pretty well. You order a pie and a half a plane. Mm-hmm. Then it's always like you do you do one pie buzzing ain't half. Planing for Listen, Kevin. He's Buzz not doing it. Should that. not be in control of this. Yeah, should, but he was, I think, well, right? Well, but he shouldn't be. This, this is this is We're, we're looking at over five slices per person for a family going on vacation to Paris for at least a week the next yeah. day. So And they can't they have to get rid of the milk right. because they have so much of it. But yeah, they're like, going to store the pizza. Uh, does Peter McAllister work at a dairy farm? Like, is that what his job is? <laughs> For those of you who are at home with your calculator, really staying on top of our pizza math here. God bless you. We love it. But it's <laughs> so like you order three pizzas for fifteen people. It has to be at least a pie and a half a plane. Then like half plane, half meatball, right? And then the third one, the the third pie, just go nuts. You can do like mushrooms and peppers and onions. You think only whatever. three pies or four pies for fifteen people? Because I mean, then you're assuming some. A lot of people are gonna have one slice if it's two, three pies. Because then you're getting twenty four slices. At least with the fourth pie, you get up to thirty two, and then you could do two two full plain, two okay. half half, okay. topping topping. Yeah. Okay. So Before this turns into a physics of culinary <laughs> podcast, let's. <laughs> the Grant's here. point is right. One, it just shows the absolute. The lack of foresight by this family. Yeah, to how just like, in charge of pizza. You never put a fifteen. You can you put a fifteen year old when him and his buddies are there. Like order whatever you want. It's Domino's five for five night. Go fucking night. yeah. Right. Well, now, I, I have to say, like, and again, I haven't seen this in a while. So I went in, and I'm, you know, a lot of alarms are going off here and there, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to not go so tough on the nitpicking here. It's you know, it's a kids' Christmas movie here. I'm not gonna go. I'm I'm gonna. Sure. I'm going to lean back and not go crazy. And then you guys are breaking down the receipt of the pizza delivery. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I got to tell you, I'm going to be nitpicking here. Okay, good. Well, I'm, 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 I'm comfortable enough with this movie. But I still, like, let me just say this. I'm going to nitpick it. This movie still holds a very special place in sure. my heart, and I still love it. For sure. Just yeah. because it's flawed doesn't mean it's bad. There's a, there's a lot, there's, there's a and lot I, to talk I do want to have my biggest nitpick of the whole movie next. Okay. And this is going to be... The wake up drill. Okay. Here. Fantastic okay. scene. Okay. Excellent scene. Shot it's just, cool. It yeah, great. it's awesome. Really fun. It's just. What, did did we say what time they were supposed to be waking up? Well, they had to leave at eight, so you would just you would assume at least six thirty. Okay. At, at are latest. you telling me no one out of the fifteen of these people right. are waking up a little early without an alarm? And right. we have people of all ages. We have a little kid. We have an older man. They're like it's every all, single nobody person, got up to pee. Every all, single person over there's a thousand people on the night before a big trip. So everybody's people, anxious. People are probably not everyone's probably sleeping well. Right. And they yeah. all drank milk with dairy. Somebody's stomach hurts. And and I, got, <laughs> I don't want to let I don't want to let the sequel bleed into this talk. We'll talk about the sequel at the end. 
the chances of them doing it 365 well, days later after they've gone well, through this ordeal is actually impossible. No, actually, I think that's the most on-brand thing with how ridiculous and irresponsible they are. In the second one, how do you not like at least have your like your, your watch, watch set? Yeah, or, you know what I mean. Or, or just the general anxiety of I'm not going to screw this up again. Right. Yeah, you know, Honestly, someone would pop up. Second year, give Fuller just a gallon of milk and just let him piss all over the bed to make sure everybody's up. The McAllisters are assholes. They don't. They have no foresight. They they're. I I do love. Oh. The counting of the kids scene. I love. They have the, the neighbor, the nosy also, neighbor coming through. That's Everybody clever. grew up with an annoying kid like that, right? Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's very clever how they did that. And totally yeah. believable yep. that that could happen. If I can go back. To, I just got a text from our producer. Um, that <laughs> if, if you if you look closely at the alarm clock, there is a battery backup in the alarm clock. <laughs> <laughs> so, just, I, don't uh, believe Uncle, no I don't believe Uncle Frank doesn't get up 400 times a night to piss. I want to talk a little bit about Buzz and, uh, and Buzz's room. Um, because I think as, as a kid, and you know, we're seeing this as it's coming out, we're seeing this, so we're probably significantly younger than Buzz. We're about Kevin's age. We're, we're yeah, just we're, under yeah, we're Kevin's about, about a year older than we are. Yeah, we're just under Kevin. Yeah. yeah. So Buzz is kind of, you're looking up to him and you're looking, it's like, this is, well, this is what an older kid's room looks like. Yeah. Seeing that, again, was, that had a lot of, a lot of charm it felt, to it. It felt, like, it felt like your friend's older brother's room. Right. Yeah. Something right. like that. Uh, Buzz, but you weren't allowed into. It, it felt like Chris's room. Yeah, <laughs> Buzz, yeah exactly. Yeah, uh, Buzz is is outstanding. Oh, He's phenomenal. Cast really well, he and he, he looks exactly like uh, reigning NL MVP, twenty twenty MVP, Freddie Freeman. I don't know if you guys have really? seen. Yeah, they have. They the I, Braves have done. They've done think, Twitter memes. Ever, have they really? Never got a good look at. Freddie That's really good. Yeah, they've done. They've done some some Twitter memes. Yeah, just a fantastic older brother with his whole story about the next door neighbor old scaring them. And Marley, like one, just one, everything okay, yeah, about I, him. So I want to talk about that for sure. This is a get another, another great job of storytelling here because it would be very easy to just have Buzz telling Kevin this story. Having the third kid Huge, there changes it. Really makes it more lore than just an older brother trying to scare the little right. kid. Yeah. Because and you have the other older kid like, oh god, this is. It makes you feel like guy, a neighborhood guy, thing. And that guy also, you can also tell like, he very much looks up to Buzz. Even though yes. they're they're same age, like yeah, his yeah. cousin, like like worships Buzz. Before Kevin tell. came in, that the dynamic was like I the look fr- up the to French this girl, guy. The French girl shaves their piss. Thing. Exactly. Even though Buzz is an idiot. <laughs> Buzz's girlfriend. Woof. Let me, let, me, let me just say, Buzz has one of the best lines in the movie. His his line where he's, where Kevin sheepishly walks into the room and asks Buzz, like, "Can I sleep in your room tonight?" And he's like, "I wouldn't let you sleep in my room if you're growing on my ass." <laughs> It's so perfect. It's fantastic. It's just, just his delivery so is perfect. Yeah. And just the camera just on Buzz's face as you see and him Kevin's, like... And Kevin's just like... <laughs> great stuff. Oh, it's great. And I want to say too is there is another one of these commonly misquoted lines. And Joey, you just had it, had it out there with that. And I've always grown up knowing this because it was definitely like quoted all the time. Buzz's girlfriend, woof. Yeah. The quote is actually, Buzz, Buzz your, your girlfriend, girlfriend yeah. woof. woof. But in the years I've always heard that, heard that quoted, it's always been Buzz's girlfriend, yeah. dot, woof. dot, dot, woof. Did you hear the uh, the story behind that picture? Yeah, it's really sweet. I uh, know. No. So, um, <laughs> so, the, so the, uh, Chris, I think it's Chris Columbus, yeah. he's like, I don't want to put a girl's picture here. It's just mean. Like, it's just mean for, for that to happen. So it was like, it was like the art director's son. He had a dress and a wig. They put a wig on him. <laughs> and they had him as a girl because, like, that's nicer than, like... Because who are they going like, to cast? Belitt- Some... belittling, like, a, a 14-year-old girl. Oh, yeah. boy. What How are you the... guys more likely to have? A pet tarantula or a pet snake? Oh, uh, 
I mean, no way I would ever have a snake. Uh, yeah, I'd, you'd be more likely to have a snake. I like snakes better than spiders. I hate spiders, and I'm, I, I could never. I, so I don't I, particularly want a snake, but if yeah, I have no, to if choose I, if one, I, have to choose, I would go snake. Like I so want, I don't know. Yeah. I think I would go with the tarantula. Like I don't think it's gonna live as long. It's just gonna. I don't have tarantulas. Live, tarantulas live, live forever. They live for pretty long. They live, time. they live in the <laughs> desert or the rainforest. They don't die yeah. in a in a little cage like that. How long are you gonna have it? What, what do you think we're gonna? Is he gonna have to have this thing a pet for ten years? I, I don't know. A snake. I feel like it's just gonna be in the room, like scheming against me the entire time. It'll probably kill you. Yeah, like but tarantulas. I'm not a. I'm not. Listen, a if either of them get out, you're. You're gonna have a bad time. I like dinosaurs. They're big, um, they're cool, and they're dead. Like, we don't have to worry about them anymore. Okay, so I, I just googled it. Males, male tarantulas, uh, domesticated, could live ten uh, years. Females uh -huh. can live past thirty. Oh wow! So I uh, so you're here for the long haul. Yeah, yeah that's, well, it's not like owning a goldfish. No, it's it's more like it's gonna outlive Moby Dick. On yeah, it's like, like imagine it's, it's being like, a, it's like having a golden retriever. Right, but like imagine being like a dickhead fifteen year old getting a tarantula, and now you're like. 25 and you're like shit the worst <laughs> the worst part about having a snake is if you have like a boa it's having a snake well the worst part about having a snake if like if you have like one of those like you know like the boa constrictor or something like that you need to like feed it mice you need to yeah. like that and that yeah. i would have a problem with yeah i'm, I'm not doing that no yeah. way i'd rather have a pet mouse so, no <laughs> I, I, I don't want to go too crazy with the the tarantula of, of pet keeping here but he says that he feeds him mouse guts. Yeah. Because he just ate mouse guts. What do you think you actually are feeding a tarantula? I have no idea. I mean, crickets? I, are you eating crickets? I would, imagine, I would imagine it would be insects. Yeah, I would think yeah. insects. I think if you slaughter a mouse and throw it in there, the tarantula <laughs> would... Might as well have a snake. He just right. has like a, uh, just a bucket of mouse guts he dumps in there. He's, he's just chumming. texturing it. Just, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's like chumming like he's in yeah. jaws. Yeah, I imagine you're throwing crickets... <laughs> I imagine you're throwing crickets into the thing all day yeah. long. We right. deal with a whole lot of pre-9-11 airport this, work here. With this, this. More, this more is, so in the second one. But This is insane. I, so they had a like, half an I, hour. You know, you, half an hour to get from suburb of Chicago to O'Hare. To O'Hare. Yeah. And then on through security onto a plane. Okay, let's remember too though, less than two decades earlier, Ted Bundy escaped from prison and boarded a passenger plane to Florida. Oh, so yeah. it's not like they are the not really doing and, and yeah. computers are not what they And were this too. is an right. international flight too. This wasn't this wasn't like they weren't flying to Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this was like this is a big so so you know, I have I have no idea what time the flight was. Let's say let's say the flight well, it was eight thirty, right? Well they, they, they getting picked up at eight. Right, and then, then they then Frank said we have a half hour to get on the plane. Well, we don't know how long it took them to to get ready. Okay, right? fine. So like, so say say it took everyone like say everyone took like forty five minutes to get ready. Is that reasonable? I well, think the, if they're running late, it's probably going to be like a half hour or less. Yeah, I okay, think so. Okay. I think within a half hour. Okay, so eight thirty. So eight thirty they bounce. You would think that their flight's probably at. If they're getting picked up at eight, their flight's probably at ten. Yeah, I mean, I don't it's think so, it's like today. It's so you don't have, you know, it's not like now. You have to show up three hours. Yeah, they also don't know their distance to the airport either. So it's twenty four minutes without traffic. Was that so they had. So then, so say, it. say it's a. <laughs> the way they made it to me, the way I took it was that they had thirty minutes to get in the car and get on a plane. So if it's twenty four minutes, they had six minutes to get through the airport. Yeah, yeah but again, we have to factor in all that. 90s airport stuff. It's yeah. a way different world. You just oh, walk yeah. right in. Way I mean, world. she was buying, later on in the movie, not to jump ahead, she's trying to buy tickets to people boarding on a plane. Now you'd be in handcuffs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Like, on the line yeah. to board the plane. Just like, here's my watch, give me your ticket. Like, thanks, Bin Laden. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's get... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> let's get the airport nickname. Uh... 
Let's get the airport nitpicks out of the way here. You take 14 people with you to Paris. Why is everyone getting back on the plane to fly back to see if this kid's all right? Well, Frank's like, family doesn't. Even just... The, the, <laughs> what, I mean, so why doesn't the immediate family... Yeah, well, you, because like, they already have round-trip well, tickets because, for them. Because, because here's... So you're going to buy more tickets just to get them back? Why don't you leave them there? Well, with, they do. Oh, no, they, they, well, they, they end they up not being able they, to, but they, they're first... But they trade their tickets for Friday. They just trade them because you could do that 20 years ago, 30 right. years ago. Instead he of, tries to get them all on the next plane, though. It's right. booked, so he can't. But he tries to get them all back on well, the next yeah, plane. But then he says something about trading the tickets for the Friday. They, 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 said, yeah. they said the only bail play was that was that Christmas Eve. But mm-hmm. his he would have put that whole family back on the plane and just forgotten about Paris. You know how much money that is? If you're well, flying well, 15 he, people to Paris, about? you could figure out how to get seven was, people was he, home was from he, Paris. Yeah, was he, talking, he was probably talking about his immediate family. Yeah, right? he's Frank's family stays. Even so, though, they're already there. I mean, one parent should go home. Because just that ticket their, their alone. Their child is fucking missing. Is it fine in a giant house? You know, he's got, he's got all these booby traps. Obviously he wasn't. You saw what happened. <laughs> he tried to murder two people. I look at this entire block that goes away on vacation at the same time. Well, that's... <laughs> well, wait, all right, let's, let's, get, let's, go, let's move back to... Kevin wakes up alone. Well, we need to go talk about the whole, th- the whole great thing with his mom the night before when... He refuses to apologize for being bullied and reacting. And when they, and his mom says, go upstairs, and he looks at she goes, I am upstairs, dummy. Oh, my mom would have smacked me so hard. <laughs> oh, well, the one would have oh, my mom would have smacked me so hard. When she was so on the hard. phone and he was like being a wise guy, that's the one that I would have got it for. Yeah. So Ke- Kevin wakes up alone. I guess they never told him that, well, but they he, never told him that they were bussing to the airport. Because he sees, oh, their cars are here. They must yeah. have just I mean, disappeared. He's eight. He doesn't pay attention to this. He doesn't pay attention to how, you know, he just wants to be alone. You know, they don't care. They, it was the night before. They're all eating dinner, and he hasn't even considered packing yet. How getting to the airport is not a consideration to him. Yeah. 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 Unless, unless, like, I think an eight-year-old would only care if it was something cool like a limo. Right. Like well, they they kind of, like, live on this supernatural idea that he, like, wished his family away. That, yeah, that's, what he, that's what he bought. It, it was just, like, it was a very... It was a plausible, like a plausible, but yeah, it was, and an eight-year-old kid in his imagination. I mean, right. talk about right. the it's ego soul. to think that you could wish your family into non-existence. Oblivion, just right. Oblivion. That is just a super dose of egocentric thinking, which with is a, fantastic. With, a, with an incredible absence of logic that yeah. they might have just left without you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That they, but there's a world where they just said, like, you know what? There's more than enough pizza in this fridge. I don't know why he ever needs to get a second one. <laughs> Let's Jeez. just we'll, we'll come back in a week. <laughs> There's no one else on the block. Listen, let's, let's enjoy this Parisian Christmas right. without without the little jerk. They don't like him. So you're the, home alone at eight years old. You got the whole house to yourself. That giant mansion of a house. Yeah. What's the first thing that you do? Call an adult. <laughs> oh, you're you're not going to enjoy. A <laughs> yeah. The first the first thing I would do is I would reach out to someone that doesn't live on my block. Yeah. To like help. Yeah, I'd be like, hmm, this is this this is questionable. I, okay, so let's so let's like. Let's, let's I'm use, not even going to pretend. Let's use, let's use Home Alone logic here. Yes, yes. As an eight-year-old yes. who has the whole house to themselves, what's the first, well, the first thing, thing that you're, that you're first doing? First thing I would do is, yeah, I'd probably eat a bunch of ice cream and cookies yep. and probably like play like Nintendo or Sega or whatever. I'm going right for those fruit snacks. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to eat eating the entire box. Well, the the, 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 the stuff move. my mom hid that she thought I didn't know where it was because I couldn't reach you're, it. You're getting I would have gotten up there yeah. and I would have watched TV and movies for... Yeah, a while, and the, you know, I would have played a lot of video games. Lot of, going through Buzz's room is definitely going to be oh, top yeah. of the list. So they had that covered. They nailed that part, and I mean, hit, you know, going through like the um, 
the the trunk he has with the Playboys, and he says, oh, they're, was, they're all completely naked. Yeah, no, no clothes on anybody. Yeah, no, no clothes on anybody. Anyone. Sickening. Sickening. Sick. The delivery great, is great just delivery. fantastic. And then Kevin's great line of, I'm eating junk food and watching and watching rubbish. Someone come stop me. Yeah, that's Buzz is saying he sees the BB gun. Yes, yes. What a, what a shot. Okay. Dark shot. But uh, my question to you guys is, can you, did any of those starting lineup figures... Larry Bird was definitely Larry there. Bird. Yeah, I had Larry Bird. Did you did you see the baseball player? Um, was it Bo Jackson? I'm going to guess Bo Jackson also. Babe Ruth. It was Babe Ruth. Really? Okay. Babe Ruth. Wow. The guy in the Chicago Bears. Was uniform. probably Walter Payton. Yeah. Probably. I think it was Neil Anderson. Okay. I looked up starting lineups from like the 80s, the late okay. 80s. And I think the other football player was Mark Bavaro. Really? Wow. I think it. I think it was. I don't know for sure. I mean, but little, uh, eight-year-old you know, Giants nasty. Giants actually love what it. What a nasty shot! He's hey, a crack he shot. isn't. He's a marksman. We learned this in the entire series here. Yeah, that he's. Yeah. I mean, maybe he grows up to be the American sniper. We don't know. Right. You know, so we can't just we can't just rule it I off. I think. I think he's on his way to becoming a very effective sociopath. <laughs> I agree. So, yeah. Yeah, tell me when we're ready. I have a whole thing about child abuse and neglect and antisocial personality disorders. Oh, I love it. Jumping on the parents' bed is really funny. Oh, that, totally would have done is, it. That is, a, uh, that, that is an act of dominance. Yep. <laughs> and territoriality. Yep. That is just like, no, this is my house now. <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping on the bed, baby. I'm eating popcorn <laughs> on the bed while jumping. Like, a, a thing that's impossible to stay neat when jumping. Let's talk a little bit about... Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci, the Wet Bandits. Great combo, unbelievable. Great Amazing. casting, Amazing. Yeah, great casting. I mean, now you get a, you get Joe Pesci in the year he wins his Oscar. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, so he's got Goodfellas and Home Alone side by side this year. Yeah. Huge year for Pesci, mm -hmm. unbelievable. And two incredibly different yet shockingly similar roles. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really funny how like how he actually had to tone it down. You know, all the all the time she's a freaking yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to say the word fridge because he kept on saying fuck too many times <laughs> and like he was completely still he was still in like goodfellas right like right. dialogue yeah like, and now he's acting with an eight-year-old so like, it was almost like if it went wrong like yeah, <laughs> right, right. it was like two different paths of the same person kind of and, he, up. and they both just they're both just enough and equally over the top that their balance is perfect in everything that they do that it's hysterical Oh yeah, it's great. Daniel Stern, and I'm really, I'm going to try so hard not to call him David Stern in this uh, <laughs> NBA commissioner, David Stern. But Daniel Stern could have could have had a better career path from here. You thought that he would have. He had a couple of attempts well, I, to carry. Well, now you're going into Wonder Years. Right after, right this is right after the Wonder Years. Oh, it's what, like he, he does the. Um, he does. He's the voiceover. He's the voiceover in the Wonder Years. Yeah, yeah. So this like that's like, unbelievable. Yeah, so right after that, into this, wow. yeah. then all the city slickers. And then um, oh right, you got his city slicker story. So that's another that's another yeah, good spot for him. He, did, he does the the Boston Celtics fan movie, Celtic Pride. Yep, yeah, which Celtic Pride. I enjoy that. And movie. then there's the one where he's the Boy Scout leaders, bushwhacked, bushwhacked. Yeah, which was that what I don't apparently know. Apparently, that was supposed to be like a character sequel, like a spinoff movie to Home Alone. Oh really? Is that like right? It was. It was. It didn't turn out like that, but that was like what the theme of it was gonna be, or that was what it was supposed to be. I kind of remember digging that movie when I was little. I have uh, I have not seen it. Bushwhacked? Oh, yeah, man, missing out. Yeah, no, I don't know that one. He was in Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Yes, Rookie yes, of the right. Year. He directed Absolutely. Rookie of the Year. He directed it. Are you kidding me? Directed it. I did not know that. Wow. That is a real story. Wow. Yeah, there's much more to to old Daniel Stern than I knew for sure. But yeah, he said, "Hey, you know what? Listen, whatever he, he is, probably, he is perfect in this. He probably makes enough money 
off this to like like just in syndication and everything just to sustain him. Yeah. Another I mean, total, he has a lot of things. He has 75 acting credits. Yeah. Another total awesome. 90s dark comedy, which I actually hated, was Very Bad Things. He's in uh, that one, too. I remember seeing yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't like I, that. It didn't resonate. I think Jeremy Piven's in that one, yeah, too. That's... Jeremy Piven, John Favreau? That's, that sounds about it's right. not good. Yeah, and then he didn't survive the 90s, really, is what it comes down to. It's fine. I but mean, many didn't. Was so. I, yeah. Honestly, Wonder Years, The Two Home Alones... And City, City Slickers, that's, sure. that's yeah. a good career that will literally that's survive your life. Rookie of the Year. Yeah, right. You know? that's, a good, that's a good stretch. That's a good career. Listen, people, there's people who would kill for that career, so. Of course. It could have been worse. He could have been in The Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> Buzzing. Okay. But I also appreciate his knack for marketing. He didn't understand how criminal marketing could go awry, but I really appreciate it. It's the Wet Bandits. Oh, the, his calling card? Yeah, I really... <laughs> yeah, well, he's an idiot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, but... Yeah, now he can tie you to every single yeah. like, crime that you yeah. committed. He, he looked, he looked so happy. It was like a dog when they bring in like, a live bird into the house. Like They were like, oh, I exactly. want you a present. I was like... It's a tricky thing, casting and scripting that whole approach here. Because you, you, you have to have villains... Who are malicious enough to create to be a, dangerous a, a, to be, to, be create a danger, to create a dangerous foe and a yeah. dangerous but that could also threat. lose to an eight year old. Yeah, and right. then we're also going with the comedic villains too. Right. They it's, have it's, to... it's a kids movie. You don't want to be too menacing. Right. Yes. Um, but I, I think Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci. I think I saw this on IMDb. So take it for what it's worth. They thought this. They they thought this movie wasn't going to do well. Or they just didn't care. So <laughs> I, yeah, they're like, this one's going to be like ridiculous. Let's let's just like have fun. And just go over the top. And Stern just is full throttle the entire movie. <laughs> and he's great. I, he, I, I, love, I love his performance. I think he's fantastic in this movie. Everything he does, we, we'll, we'll get to the, his, the tarantula scene later with him. That's my favorite thing he does in this whole movie. Uh, that scream again, is epic. It's, I'll, say, I'll ruin it right now. It's my quote of the movie. Is his shrieking scream. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the only one word quote we've ever had on this. There's there's a there's a point where after he hits after he hits Harry in the chest with the crowbar, and he can't find the spider. He's like, "Where is it? Where is it?" And he feels his face again, <laughs> like that little just like this little thing where like he's like, "It was on my face before. Is it on my right. face again now?" Yeah. Like that kills me every time. It kills so me every time. And it's like thoughtfulness about like what a human being would do. Yeah. Like, holy shit, there was a yeah, there was a huge fucking tarantula yeah. on my face. And you think about it again. We'll go back to to Pesci's two roles here. Is you have him in Goodfellas playing this incredibly sociopathic and psychotic mobster yeah. who is so endlessly and infinitely evil, yet incredibly funny and charming. Well, yeah. a sociopath, right? <laughs> and then you have... I mean, you find yourself rooting for him. And, yeah. and it's like, how could you root for someone that's evil? Yeah. And then you have him here in this movie in kind of that playful villain mood where he gets all his comeuppance, but you still yeah. kind of end up liking him and rooting for him a little bit too. Well, like, yeah, but like you hear like his interactions in the beginning when he's like when he's the cop, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, okay, he's kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's like, like the kids are staring at him. He's like, you know, like when he almost hits Kevin in the car too, like he's 
he's kind of cool about it. And but the know, worst that, following of a human very, being, yes. very obvious. <laughs> he he's like, why would he run? Why wouldn't he run? <laughs> I know he looked weird. Why would he run? He's like, oh no, because you're two grown men in a van. Yeah. Right. Literally yeah. everything. You're well, most parents. The McAllisters probably said, hey, if somebody offers you candy, just get in the van. Go for it. But yeah, most parents tell you avoid the guys in the van. Yeah, but essential so, stranger danger. Right. So the first, so they go through the times. And they're very, Harry's very proud that he knows the time. And then according That's, to the yeah. alarm clock, they try to initially rob the McAllisters at 7.30 at night. What? Yeah, there's there's a few times where they, they're there way earlier than they should be. Well, then the, then the next day they're just robbing people in daylight. Yeah. They're just reckless. Apparently, well, apparently it's a ghost block. Yeah, like, I mean, I think they're more just concerned with fitting in as yeah. many robberies in this week as they can because everyone's away. So, yeah. I, you know, they're not... Apparently, the only people that are on the block are the Marleys. Like, they're the only people that are, like, right. still living on that block. Mr. Marley's just there lovingly <laughs> salting everyone's sidewalk to, pr- to protect everybody. Yeah. They and... effectively establish the amount of homework they did by him doing the old watch trick of... And now this house will go on. Which is a very effective scene. And, and, and you see the reflections in the, on the windshield, yeah. which is kind of a cool touch. Yeah. How any criminal underling can mathematically time out to the second and put witty dialogue in between each is a little bit... Of a little <laughs> a bit good criminal thing. can. These criminals can't. <laughs> Maybe he's only good at that. Maybe Joe Pesci is only good at casing. he's like he's like okay he's he's the, he's, he's the guy that goes into the bank. He the thinks he's the, he thinks he's the lead, but he's really just the case he, here. He's he's the one that goes to the bank week before and like. It's so, okay, they do, they do the traps here. There's four guards with three guards. This is the time the security guards yeah, yeah, switch yeah, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but I he think, thinks he's the lead. But he's, he's not the lead. He's not, he's, he's not the Swayze. No, he's not. No. Listen, <laughs> he's he not is the not. Ronald Reagan of this group. He's not Bodie. He's not keeping the time. <laughs> that is another great scream, too. The whole, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> this is Marley. <laughs> like, I actually think that might be his best scream. That's so, a great one. Yeah. Maybe because it's his like first one, it feels bigger. Yeah. But, like, it's a really fantastic screen. It's fantastic, yeah. That, obviously, is the image of this movie, or, like, the thing that was the quotable thing that everyone would do, is, the, the, is the screen with the hands yeah, in the yeah. face. Oh, the, the next day when he's poster. doing all, like, when he's doing, like, going well, through yeah, his, so like, that, daily cleaning and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that brings me to my next point is, as a kid, did you find some aftershave in your parents' In your in your parents' room, or or so, or even if you're at a friend's house, you just put it on the hands yeah. and see if it would sting right. and make well, you scream. Well, here's here's what they forget to aftershave only burns after you if shave. You shave your face. Right. <laughs> when you when you have an eight year old eight year old skin on yeah. your face. Well, he put like, it. He had it. He so they showed a razor out. Yeah, but he's not. He's not actually like. Making, I don't know. He says he's doing all the stuff. He's trying to be the be, man of the house. Listen. If if an eight year old tried to shave, it would look like it would look like a slaughterhouse. <laughs> it would right. be blood everywhere, <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I just remember trying that and being like, "Well, when is it supposed to burn? I don't really get this." Yeah, but you take your you take your dad's brute or whatever. One of the most unrealistic things I think happens next when Kevin goes outside to get when he goes out to get you know do his shopping, an eight year old in no world would dress appropriately for the weather. If that was me at eight years old, I would have been in shorts and a hoodie. Because I, I still do that well, as a thirty-six-year-old man. Let me let me say this: uh, always very fashionable. His mother. This is you find this out in the novelization. I didn't read it. Novelization. You find and this is where all the mannequin, the mannequins and stuff too, all over the house. She makes clothes. His mother's a fashion designer. Okay. So I feel like he would at least, that would probably be something that's instilled. But like the layers, early. yeah. I feel so like that I does could, answer my question about the mannequins. I don't know how quickly assembled yeah, all these mannequins. Yeah, but. so. Um, okay. So, so his. So his so 
I still think an eight-year-old being ready for the weather is in, is nonsense. I think, yeah, no, I, I can explain that a little. Okay, fine. Little you took you you took a lot of the air out of my argument, though. So yeah, I'll go with also, you. Also, there is a lot established of him wanting to be an adult. I mean, you have him putting the aftershave right. on, yeah. going shopping. Part of what an adult is always telling you to do is to dress warm, you're going to catch a cold. But I'm an adult and so I don't dress appropriately for the weather. And eight, there's no chance. Right. But, you know, you're also not putting on aftershave and at eight also. You know, they, they definitely established that he is he has trying to, to be the, by himself a toothbrush. He wants to be responsible. He is now he's going trying to be to the live, man of the house. Yeah, he's going to live the rest of his life as an adult. He right. thinks his family disappeared. He wants to make sure his, his toothbrush is approved by the American Dental Association. <laughs> uh, when, he, when he hangs his head after that, he's like, I'm a criminal. It's just it's like, man, that was like 50 cents. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, I, honestly, the cop, the people in the store running after this eight-year-old kid for a toothbrush, like, are you guys that broke? Like, let the fucking kid go. Uh, I worked for a retail store when I was in high school, and the guys I worked for would have tackled an eight-year-old kid <laughs> that with a toothbrush. And, I, and Artie, Artie B. co-worked with me, and he can confirm that. Okay. They would have been ruthless. We've seen them. We saw them go after elderly people. Like, oh really? Oh yeah. They'll, oh, they'll okay. get you. Yeah. Shoplifting uh, is not tolerated in the retail industry. But like, why is the stock boy going after him? Like, you were a stock boy. I well, assume would you have chased down if they told you, or would you went outside, yelled, and then say, "Oh no, he got away." I would have had some splaining to do if I was <laughs> if I was in between him and them, and I didn't go after him. I would have had some splaining to do. I will say this: that, that kid seemed like a real boy scout. He was <laughs> definitely a hard out. Uh, yeah. Like, and then he um and then he, run, he runs away. He runs the really really clever thing he does where he runs and he hides in the mm-hmm. manger. He puts like the the Smart, yeah, because yeah, part of he the nativity scene. He yeah. didn't hide behind the nativity scene yeah, where they could it. see him. He went in and it then, and covered himself. Yeah. Very clever. And I, I like I like that because they're criminals. They refuse to step foot in the church. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, That's classic. It's like, oh, I'm not going in there. It's like, what do you think's going to happen? Like I might just start burning alive if I step into a church. I'm so evil. <laughs> well, and then one of them's Jewish, too. Yeah. So Marv is Jewish. Happy Hanukkah, Marv. He says that in the second, second one. one. Yeah. Okay, right, when, right. He, when he breaks into the um, the money thing, he's like, yeah. happy Hanukkah, yeah. Marv. So you, you mentioned the dummies. Is that the most famous, other than the kid running down the hallway and sl- going, ah, is the dummies in the, in the house and the Michael Jordan figurine, is that the most famous scene mm-hmm. of this, you think? It's yeah. definitely like looking back. I think that's like the, the I memory. Think so. of, yeah, I, I think so. Can you guys do that now? If someone gave you dummies and pulleys, could you make that well, work? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. Like there is no world where I can make that work. I would. Yeah, I would still be shooting at the figurines and not at any one of them. The guy that they'd be emptying out the downstairs into their plumber truck. <laughs> it's yeah. It's also amazing that Kevin is like basically he should be like going to MIT as a 12-year-old, like, with how creative he is. Like, he should be an engine, like... He should be going into the Black Ops. These guys really want to rob this house. Yeah. I mean, they have... How many... That is, but that's, like, the... What he calls it... What does he call it? It's Silver Tuna. The whole reason (laughs) that they they scouted this block is this. That's his his white whale. The second you see that giant party, and then you have the encounter with with the videotape, and we, you, the videotape scene is fantastic. Let's, let's, but why does the pizza guy not call the cops? Right here to shooting. Yeah, right. he, he got sh- at got him. Shot at. Someone shot at him for twelve dollars. <laughs> Keep the change, you filthy animal. Why yeah. would he not? Why is nobody? Why are the cops well, so incompetent in this on, neighborhood? Let's be honest here. We see what happens when the cops go to the house. They knock <laughs> yeah. on the door a couple All times clear. and they go, eh, "Nobody's yeah. here." But here's there's, the thing: there's no one this here. Is, the house looks secure. That is a failure of Kate, the mom, because she does not say our entire family's here. The kid. She says he's home alone. Home alone could be the babysitter went to work. I'm gonna. There's one of my biggest nitpicks 
Okay. So I, you know, the phone lines are down. They got told the phone lines were down. Right. They they set that up ahead of time. Right. How did Kevin order the pizza? Uh, I assume the dad has a cell phone in the house or something. Nineteen ninety. He was that rich. Hey, uh, Michael Douglas is walking on the beach in the Hamptons with the cell phone in Wall Street <laughs> in the, like the late eighties. So you know, I mean, the McAllister. But, but I will also say this in, in terms of the the phone and um, the Murph. Um, when they're breaking, the, when they're breaking in the, the house Murphys. during the day, they leave him a voicemail. Peter, Peter was able to reach through. Yeah, but the phone was ringing, so the mm-hmm. phones do work. So the phones work at that point. The next day, yeah. So when they just they just stop calling the house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like it's it's insane. But again, they called. We called the police. Oh, my son's home alone. Can you? I'm in. Not yeah. my entire family's here. My son got left behind. The entire blocks away, and apparently, I have no friends. Yeah. Who are in Chicago? Yeah, I can't. I can't call Nancy. I don't know one person. I don't know my next door neighbor Marley's phone number. Can you let Christopher Columbus set up the pranks at the end of the movie? You know, because it's all about the obstacle course at the end of the movie. All of this. I I know I'm I'm taking it too seriously, (laughs) but this is something that when you watch it, it's objectively bad parenting. Like when you call, it should be bad. Bad script writing. <laughs> let's let's uh, talk about the pizza guy and and the angels do, do, with I, angels angel, with filthy souls. Angels with filthy souls. Now I might have jumped over myself on this. That actually might be the most famous scene in this. Keep is, the change of filthy animals. Keep the change of filthy yeah. animals and the yeah. pizza guy. Kevin I mean, lip syncing right. it as the guy's running away is just really. Perfect. It's just yeah. the most watchable scene in this whole thing, and I, and it, and that has not changed from when I was. You know, when I was seven yeah. years old to now, is it's still just sitting yeah. like, oh, God, here we go. Also, what kind of speakers did they have on this TV that that was that clear outside? Well, I don't know if you saw it. They, Kevin took huge, like, three-foot-tall speakers. Oh, he did? Oh, I missed that. Okay. And he connected them to the television because oh. he's a fucking genius. And well, <laughs> I, I 100% missed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's be honest here, though, too. This is the, what is the silver tuna of the... The of silver the, tuna. Yeah, so they're, the McAllisters have the... Top notch. Oh yeah, system. it was. It was. Mr. Like, McAllister was, has like, everything. It was like a three foot tall cabinet speaker. It was. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, Taking care and of. He, and he attached both of them, so he had he had stereo. It wasn't yeah, just this mono. Is as good stereo. a sound system as you're getting in that. So he had that, and then he put the. Oh no, the fire the, with the firecrackers, and that was later. That's late. That's, that's when. Later, uh, that's during the break. Right. That's Marv. Yeah. And also, this this is answering direct questions from the pizza guy. Why wouldn't he think that it's someone talking to him? Like, I'm just talking know, about how he yeah. hears it so well. You have to pay for your pizza, sir. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. We we skipped this the first time the pizza guy showed. And this continues for the second one. The McAllisters are terrible tippers. I mean, what is no? The first no, time the they're good one, tippers. They, 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 He's the very appreciative said, the first nice time. Tip, thanks a lot. Yeah. That wasn't sarcastic. I, uh, I didn't necessarily read it that way. Oh no, I took no, it as I like, oh wow. I took it as genuine. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Hmm. That's why I think he was so bummed. That's good tip the McAllisters would give out for the rest of the series because I mean, you might, have. You might be right there. You know, you, you have, have the gum. <laughs> yeah, you have. Not only does Kevin not tip him, but he's got to scare the life out of him to run away. Yeah. When yeah. he asks for the tip, well, Kevin's a little shit. <laughs> and, then, and then Rob Schneider. Gets gets he gets, gets the stick of gum from Kevin. Thinks that's the worst he's gonna AB, get. Then he gets ABC gum from Buzz. <laughs> yeah, and then gets to have Kevin taunting him about the, with the fifties. Oh, you don't want a tip? All right, see you later. Yeah, when he Rob, just pulls up the yeah, stack, poor Rob really has a jerk. Family. Rob Schneider. Rob the family sucks so bad. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's why in the second time the pizza delivery guy is so bummed out because the second tip is so bad. It's I think like he was like expect- eighty cents. Yeah, yeah, I think he was expecting a real good tip. Yeah, true. Angels with filthy souls. Now this is a this is a. They made this. They for made the it. Film. They made the, yeah. yeah, which is 
fantastic. fantastic. The old noir gangster. Because it, it feels just like a 1940s... It's good. And now, what Thanks is the name of, of this of the movie and the sequels? Like Angels with Filthier Souls, even filthier, even filthier souls, souls. <laughs> even filthier uh, the souls. Sequel it's, it's, the sequel. A, it's such a cash grab. <laughs> <laughs> The angels, the angel cinematic uh, universe. Oh, so. I'm, I'm working so hard to hold off on the Home Alone two talk because it's just I have so much to say. We t- we talk about the family now in Paris and the kids because that's Buzz has one of my favorite quotes here. Okay, and when the sisters told me, "Aren't you even a little concerned about Kevin?" and Buzz says, "No, for three reasons: A, I'm not that lucky; two, we have fire alarms." And D, we live on the most boring street on the USA where nothing remotely dangerous will ever happen. Wow, there you go, Buzz. <laughs> yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> so great. The A to D for the three reasons is just perfect. And now, when he says, I'm not that lucky, yeah. like, <laughs> his disdain for Kevin is so good. Now, we're all crammed into that room. They're watching It's a Wonderful Life in French, yes. is that right? Yes. They really like that movie. Fantastic. They're watching it in Spanish in Miami. <laughs> that's, that's such a great touch. So Let's talk about this other little side plot that's going on here. With the old man. And the serial killer name is Grant? The South Bend Shovel Slayer. The South Bend Shovel Slayer. Rolls right off the tongue. Out, outstanding. He preserves his bodies in the salt. Yeah. Yes. That he then uses to keep the neighborhood clean. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's a, he recycles. He's very green. <laughs> you know what, though? It's, it's, it's like the perfect name of, like, what neighborhood kids would come up with as a serial killer yeah. name. Like, it really is, like, perfect of, like, 8th grade, ninth grade, like, bullshit lore. It's, it's, I like that he was, like, he was, like, just off the campus of Notre Dame, like, killing people. <laughs> <laughs> like, <that's... laughs> Notre Dame to Chicago is, like, 90 minutes. It's not far at all. Right. I like that little side side plot they have going on there. That, the, that it also it comes to a head very nicely at the end. Yeah. yeah, and this is a good time too to talk about John Williams and John Williams' Oscar nominated score. Yeah, the music in this movie does a great job of of shifting the tones of what you're seeing, mm-hmm. and it, it changes when you see the old man, and it changes when Kevin's in a more lighthearted mode. And my favorite moment of the score in this movie is when it's go time, and it, it turns to this like action theme. Yeah, and, it cha- and it, the way it changes, Christmassy. right? It, it's it's a Christmassy. It never like, loses yeah. its like brand. Like it's, it's like, always consistent. But when it turns to like the action part, like you said, it's like a very Rambo Christmas. Yeah, that would be yeah. like if if, if Rambo yeah, were in a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like a driving like pumps you up, but dun, it stays dun, Christmas. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 it's fantastic. It's got the bells and everything. Yeah, yeah, very but very like, cool. There's um the the scene where they're they're scrambling around the house. You know, everything's sped up. It's it's it sounds just like the song one of the songs from the Nutcracker. The music, yep. uh, uh-huh. the Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker. Yep. I like I like that the uh, the Wet Bandits have their own. Have their own music, have their own like sting. Like it's almost like when you see Darth Vader and like the and like the theme plays, just like yes, just like the notes. But like when you see when you see the Wet Bandits, like their music plays. Yeah. Like it just does like there's like okay, this is their theme. But like, like it's subtle. Kind of you get that with the old man too. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. But it's like the subtle things that like this. Ah, this is a good movie. This isn't just like some kind of bullshit family movie. John, like that's John why these Williams hit. elevates yeah. it. Yeah, hundred percent. John Williams brings it to another place. Like it hits you right every time. Like the music's perfect. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's funny too. Is like we're we're, we're raking the the scriptwriters through the coals right now, but when you gross 
half a billion dollars. You did something right. <laughs> you wrote right. a great script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's it because you you no. you you have to match you have to match the illogic with some sort of charm. Yep. And it can't yep. just be Christmas, yep. and it can't just be a yep. kid kid movie. You get to suspend disbelief, but it all it just it also works as a sentimental Christmas movie. You know what though? And, and there's something to it, like you know, horror movies. Part of the fun in horror movies we talked about with Halloween is kind of like the part of like. Thinking about what you would do if you were in this ridiculous situation. Part of the fun of this is when you're six years old being like, what would I do if my house was going to be broken into? Yeah. And for some right. reason, oh, I... Uh, it's kind of, in a way, it's like that reverse horror movie where it's like, all right, now the villains get to like... Yeah, but like... They what get would to you... be the ones that are, that are in right. trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Family Guy skit. We always love to bring oh up the Family God. Guy's boots here. I was and dying now, watching it last night. And now back to... Home Alone with competent robbers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Watch out uh, for those uh, cars on the floor over there. You know, you know, I don't know why they're there, but you don't want to trip. Ooh, Let's... there's there's ice on the stairs. Don't go down yeah, there. Probably don't go down there. Yeah. Hey guys, I have a tarantula. <laughs> <laughs> well, now there's no witnesses. <laughs> oh, we just, you know, Family Guy just is really very much on brand with the BBC. They find a way to slide <laughs> yeah. in there. You know, I don't know if we'll uh, if we'll have a Family Guy reference for Cimarron, but you know, we'll find a way to. <laughs> Honestly, with uh, there might be that we're not even sure of yet. And part of the fun is finding it. That's true. So it's time to meet Santa Claus. The Santa Claus scene is fantastic. And this is this is another scene that just really brought me back to being a little kid. I loved yeah. it's the, it's such an odd it's kind of an odd scene, but it really just it, it, it reminded works. me of like I loved how he he know he knew that Santa wasn't real, but he understood the logic. I know you're not real, but I know how it works. I know you yeah, work for him. Whenever like that stage of denial when you were a kid, yeah, you're like, yeah. you knew it was like not every mall Santa is Santa, but like they work for Santa. Yeah, like, we outsource. Like, you kind of outsource. outsource like, like you know what it is, but you don't want to admit it because if yeah. you admit it, your parents are gonna stop getting you stuff. It's, such, yeah. it's, such, a, it's like it's such a eight-year-old step in logic that makes total sense. But honestly, yeah. for again, for points that were like kind of taken the writers to test for stuff like that is perfect what an eight-year-old thinks like yeah. you know buzz told me that is like, not know, real but i'm not gonna believe it well, because that's, i know that's, you're not santa but i know you work for him which is per- i know yeah. and just the way he says i know how it works is yeah. so good now that's an important time then to say is that we have to well, we're nitpicking this you have to put yourself into eight-year-old logic are you going to be calling 911 when you were just running from the cops yesterday with your runaway toothbrush, I would have called nine one one before that. Uh, okay, but at the same time, or you know, in his mind, he might even think he's in trouble for wishing I his just, parents away. I just, you know, I just, like, I just hate it that he thinks that that his only option is to call nine one one and nobody else. Like that <laughs> because he doesn't trust adults because of his parents and his like, family. He doesn't have like another friend. They're all on vacation. And honestly, does Kevin have a ton of friends? He's probably awful to hang out with. Like, imagine pl- imagine playing, like, uh, army men with Kevin in 1990. He probably builds a good fort. Yeah, but you definitely have no like, say, like and all your guys get I killed. like his house is good enough where he has at least, like, two people he hangs out with. Yeah, I mean, he's got all the, all the new toys and video games. Yeah, yeah but, sure. that, sure, but sure. Buzz probably tortures anyone who comes over. I'm Fair sure, point. I'm sure, there's, Fair point. I'm sure there's, at least, there's at least two kids you can call. That are not on vacation. Yeah, but all right. One, one's in Orlando. The kid, the terrible kid across the street. Yeah. They definitely have like a terrible Niche. kid bond. Yeah. And then there's probably one other. It's probably like a poor kid know. from like the outskirts who, who <laughs> like to hang out sometimes for all the free pizza. Maybe. I don't know. It's just so yeah. Kevin's covering all the stops. He gets Santa he's, Claus. He's, by the way, Max from Armageddon. Which is that right? Yeah. Good job. Yeah, nice. Max from Armageddon. Really, just. I don't know if he has done anything else, so I think, you know, I'm not I mean, even... Is there, is there anything else he needs to do? 
No, Home but, Alone and Armageddon. That's, and he's he's great in Armageddon, Armageddon. Just talking about Haggis where, get his where, Bob where, tattooed. Where, where's his star in the Walk of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> right next to Uncle Frank's. So we gotta we. <laughs> Uncle we, Frank was in Cocktail. Yeah. There's no way in my in my internal logic that is Uncle Frank. That's in Jamaica, <laughs> on his on his brother's dime. Yeah. Oh yeah. He his definitely brother, paid for. It. His, his he sent him there just to get him away. Like he was on he was on his honeymoon with Aunt Leslie, <laughs> and like totally bought like totally Peter and Rob chipped in to send him to just Jamaica for out. a week, all inclusive. And that you can't convince me otherwise. That's not Uncle Frank because he's an asshole. He's in that an movie asshole. Too. <laughs> so hey, like, asshole. So yeah, of course. I mean, not to jump ahead to Home Alone too, but his line to Kevin is. <laughs> If you see me in the shower, you'll never feel like a man again. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely dial up uh, Uncle Frank in the second one. Oh, yeah. But, so Kevin's got to check off all the stops. He went, he went to Santa Claus, and now mm-hmm. it's time to go to church. Which is and, my favorite scene in the movie. Fantastic okay. scene. Yeah. This is a movie that when I was a kid, it was like boring, like whatever, let me get to the, the paint cans. Right. But now when I watch it as an adult, I'm like, oh, this is, this is amazing. Unbelievable This scene. is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It just... Really heartwarming. It is the Christmas spirit of this movie. It's about family and right. like just that you're connecting with family. And, and just and, you're never too old to be afraid. Yeah. Finally, an adult is being nice you to trust him. trust in adults. Like right. you said, It's Joey, the first you, time. Yeah. yeah, you didn't have that. And, and It's the first time an adult talks to him like a human being. All we've ever seen is adults talk, literally talking down to him. Even the way they shot it was adults up here, Kevin down. Look what you did, you little jerk. Yeah. Right. Yeah, then he comes around and he's, you know... Merry Christmas. He's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. And then he acknowledges that like, he knows the rumors about him, but yeah. that he still does the right like, how thing. How shitty is that? Like, you're, you're like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I know there's a lot of stuff like, going around about like, me. I know, I know, I know. When the kids think I'm a murderer, <laughs> like, like, that's awful. But, I, but then the next time we see him, he is hitting someone over the head with listen, a shovel to protect a child. Listen, to protect a child, he might be a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what would the serial killer say? It's like, like, oh, that stuff isn't true. Like, he might actually be. You're right. Very handy with a shovel <laughs> <laughs> and those boots. Yeah. That's what they need to do. They need to make just a Marley movie, and he just is a serial killer. Just wow. watching Kevin a Mar- a Mar- like a Marley mockumentary, <laughs> yeah, making a Marley. But last <laughs> week, last week we we blew my mind thinking that Andy Dufresne might have actually been guilty the whole time, and now and now we're thinking maybe Marley actually is a serial killer. Oh <laughs> but think God. about Marley. So Marley's just outside. He's taking care of the snow, and then he just sees. He thinks his neighbors are gone. He just sees the kid come flying out of the front of the house on a sled. He's like, "Oh, that's 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 interesting." Then he comes back shopping, and then yeah, he's just he's just seeing this. Then his whole neighborhood's just getting robbed, and he's the only one home and just doing nothing. So after that that great scene in the church, and it's really again with the with the choir, really really heartwarming stuff. And That's when the John Williams kicks in, though that that score, yeah, pops um, on, and it's like, all right, now it's time for what you've all been waiting for. We're yeah. going to get this but, house set up. So, so let's be ready let's to talk go. about timing here. So he leaves church. He gets home about like seven thirty. Well, no, the bell bell rings eight. Okay, that's even worse. The bell rings eight. Times. So he yeah. so he leaves at eight. They're coming at nine. Yeah, he has an hour to set all this up, and then eat his dairy heavy, not ready for a fight right, meal. Let, let's just, let's, let's just well, hold on. Say, Joey this? Joey doesn't eat dairy okay, at all. But he I hates know. dairy. So it's, it's no too problem. much. Yeah, I have mac and cheese here. Mac and cheese is fine. It, mac and it, cheese it, with it, milk. Hold on. Mac and in cheese and milk, 90s. I think is okay. But if in you're about to fight a battle, do you want something that heavy? 
You're talking Joe, about Joe. an eight-year-old's metabolism. In the what are 90s, I just, I just think we're not thinking ahead. In the 90s, Got Milk commercials were on every other... I think they funded thing. this movie this to be, trick us for 10 years. Got Milk, even. Did you, guys, did you guys have those mac and cheese dinners? I used to love those. Yeah, and let me just... It always, it always disappoints me when he never has a bite. Ever. It's really it just, upsetting. It, it always, it's like, I always know it's coming, and I'm just like, I ah, can't get one bite. You can't just, like, get right. a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that score kicks in. It goes down, gets set up. We get a little montage. You get the setup video, set. this, the setup scene is amazing. And when he rolls out his, like, blueprints, I love that every single time. Fantastic. 100% of the time. Like, his thoughtfulness to it, but he's still an 8-year-old yeah. kid with the cartoon, with the, not the cartoon, the crayon drawings is perfect. And it, 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 it just, uh, as, it hits as a so good. Kid, when right. you're watching that, there's just nothing better. It's like, 100%. Oh it, it, it's, it's exactly, you did the same exact thing. Now, Joe, did you list the traps in your notes? I listed most of them, yes. Okay, I do I do want to, we're going to kind of go through it a little bit, but I do want to kind of get And how much thoughts. they would have murdered him, them? Mm, that's going to be more about the sequel. That's going to be more about the sequel. They don't cut out the sequel I've seen. I've seen videos... Uh, from like trauma surgeons Me too. that break was, down the traps of Home Alone. Yeah. Like, oh no, this is a fatality. Yeah, well, dude, this I'm telling you right now, we'll get into it with the sequel. The bricks in the it. face. The second one, he's wait, murdered wait. them at least 50 times. Yes. Oh, yeah. like, but, but the first I, one, I, they're I wanna, probably going to a prison hospital with serious. I, I think, I feel like the iron dropping. I think the worst is the blowtorch to the head. You're probably melting, yeah. you're probably melting the skin off. Especially okay, for like so, eight seconds. Right. So I want to get to the bottom of who got hit harder. Was it was it Daniel Stern, Ooh. or was it or was it well, Pesci? I, Hold on, so w- w- let's let's go through them as we go through them here. Okay, but first first ones are the uh, well, it's BB gun to the nuts, BB gun to the forehead. Right. So honestly, the BB gun to the nuts, like probably not much because you're wearing. He was wearing some thick wool even pants. BB gun to the forehead probably isn't that bad. You either. might get like a drop of blood. I don't think you're getting yeah. too much there. Like you're you're breaking Point skin. Blank range to the face. That it's is, BB. it's a BB. It's gun. a BB gun. You're gonna break skin. Uh, you'll lose an eye for sure. If you hit him in the eye, didn't sure. get his eye. He got him in the forehead. So honestly, you're probably getting a drop of blood. I don't think that's. It would break the skin. It would hurt, it would hurt and you get a nasty black and blue, but. You know, so hmm. then then they separate. Who we've are we seen, following? We've seen the jackass guys get worse than that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who who do we fair, follow next? True. Marv or Harry? Uh, uh, we'll, we'll do we'll do let's do Marv. Okay, so Marv Marv falls down falls down the stairs. He slides down concrete the stairs. stairs. Slides down. Right, but then he steps up, then eats shit, and gets in hit in the face with the crowbar. In a year, he'll learn how to ice skate somehow. But go, but yeah, <laughs> seems to well, struggle with guys. Yeah. <laughs> if you know it's coming, ice is easier to handle than a surprise. Although I guess it, I think Pesci has a harder time with the ice than Stern does up the stairs. Oh, uh, going up the yeah, stairs. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that that's upstairs is harder. So we'll, we'll get back to Pesci, but but to to Stern, Stern's now going downstairs. So he slides he slides down the ice. Then he goes inside, and then he gets the iron to the face. Because he pulls that, which is destroyed. His eye socket is broken. His orbital socket. His gone. nose isn't working. You're probably talking, you're probably talking about such destruction. Cranial sh- fractures. Your, yeah. your teeth are falling out just because there's nothing to support it anymore. Yeah. So that's, that's a bad one. Um, and now, then, was it a hot iron? No. No, just okay. an iron. Okay. It's just an iron. Listen, just imagine a, an iron from two feet. Now, it's coming from the entire thing. Do we thing. know it, that it's not a hot iron? It's not hot. How it, yeah, it does leave that iron mark on his face. I, I, I don't wonder, think I don't think it'd be able that's to not travel from, as far. This is important because when we're gonna when we're scoring Pesci versus Stern, but if, here's the thing: it would have to be plugged in, so I think he would lose some speed for the plug in for the plug to rip yeah, out. So it's, it's fully unplugged. unplugged. So my point is, unplugged. could he have plugged it in beforehand and then put it up there as a hot iron? He, which is what I always thought as a, as no, a kid. That's I, he, I, he was too masochistic, where he would have left it plugged in for the full burn. 
and taking going, away the speed. So he went speed. Iron. Yeah, we're, we're going cold iron for the sake of this. Okay. Right, so then, uh, so he gets that, and then he. Then gets, it's the tar. Then it's the tar, but then, which is more of an inconvenience. Well, that gets the shoes off. That gets uh, so shoes then he. And this gets, is my this is my least favorite. <laughs> when he Mark, steps Mark on that nail, oh. Mark gets a lot of foot stuff. The nail through the foot. <sighs> nail through the steps on the nail. The, the, oh. the visual of and, that and will never not make me cringe. No matter how many times I see it. And then he falls back like six stairs. Like onto his back, right? Um, so that's and then there's just the great scene when he goes back out and, and then he, he shuts the door and slips. It's just again, hysterical. It's great. It's fucking hysterical. Uh, so then we get that, and then he climbs into the window onto the just. I don't know why he doesn't go in. He goes like full on, <laughs> like slams his feet on the ground. Yep. Like why? Just like, just maybe walk a little bit gingerly. Right. Just. In, but, like, but here's right, the thing. Right My other thing is, if there's a He's nail through your foot... He's probably extremely concussed at this point. Let's keep that's, that in that's mind. Fair. <laughs> that's fair. And honestly, his feet are tarred and numb in a hole in them, so we're not making rational decisions. Right. right. But like... When he, when he falls, he's like, How can I kill that kid? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so perfect. It's so perfect. That's, that's a great... Uh, so, the, so he does that, and then um, then the pink cans... Then the pink cans. Then, then he pretty much gets everything that, that Joe then, Pesci Then it's is. even. So let's then go, even. Let's, go okay. to, let's go to... Now let's go to Joe Pesci. Okay, now I do want to just take a little brief pause here. Because yeah. this is about the time, watching the movie, where I paused it, looked at how much time was left, and went, Wow. The last twenty of this movies are just straight fucking fire. Yeah, yeah. Like this is oh, just yeah. like they give you twenty minutes of just high packed once, action. Once he here. leaves the church, the movie is full throttle. It yeah. doesn't need to be Christmas. It doesn't need to be anything. You throw if somebody was like, "You want to watch the last twenty minutes on Fourth of July?" We're going to watch it. Boom. We're going to love every yeah. second of, of it. Course. Yeah, of course. All right, let's talk Pesci's Pesci's so, so obstacle eat course. Eat shit yeah. on the ice going up the stairs at the front door. Then he grabs the doorknob, the white, the red hot the doorknob. Red hot doorknob. Wait, but wait, wait, does anyone know what device that is? It's a heating coil. You use it to, um, like, if you have uh, charcoal and a grill, you could okay. use it to heat that. You could use it to start. They probably use it because they have a fireplace in their bedroom. Right. They have a fireplace in their living room. You right. have numerous fireplaces, so you put. So you're not standing there with like paper. Like okay. us, we would use. We would just so hold up some newspaper. The updraft. Yeah, okay. it, just, it just gets super hot. To, so, like, uh, we would just light newspaper on fire because we're normal people. Right. It seems we're, extremely hazardous, but... We're right, but it's also, ni- <laughs> it's also 1990, so your kids have access to it. Yeah, we have a, we have a you know, a family of eight. Let's just have this hazardous right. appliance. Right? And, but, and Buzz. We have, we have Buzz. Right. But you're confirming that it would make that door not probably pretty hot. 100%. Oh, and oh, yeah. I'd, but here's the thing. For some reason, he holds it for about 10 seconds. There's no way his hand ever works again after that heat. This is the nerve damage. Yeah, it, it destroys, it burns through every ligament. That hand is never functional again in real life. Yeesh. Well, that, well that's everything. maybe the part that if we're, if we're going to now go to real life logic, is would he have really held his hand there for that long? Hopefully not. Yeah, but, so if he, right. but in so, the world so that he did. I don't think you can have both sides, though. You can't say, like, he definitely held his hand there. But what we're watching, in that, that heat, that's what would happen. Yeah. But if we're going to use the logic that it would have been nerve damage, we're also saying that he would have... Just his natural instincts would have jerked away. Hopefully. He still would have had a bad hand. Then he would have just then he'd just have a scar and then he yeah. would eat shit down the ice again, and, which and would let's, be hysterical. Let's, well, I think we glanced over him falling off the stairs. He he could have like broken his back when he Nasty st- fall on yeah. the concrete. Too. When, he, when he, the first fall, like he yeah. could have broken his back easily. That was a big fall. Yeah. He went down but hard. I, I, I am not gonna let you off the hook there though, with that with the holding the doorknob, because you in, in when making a dramatic movie, you have to 
you have to have the shot of sure. him holding on there. So this is, to this hit is a this natural is reaction isn't as it's taken away. For the but if, if someone holds on, because for some reason they freeze, they hold on to it, their brain doesn't work. Either way, it would never be ten seconds. This is no. where the movie goes full cartoon. Yeah, and right. you just you just have to go get like wily coyote logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And then then the blowtorch to the head. I mean, the blowtorch to the head. I don't even. That is. It would yeah. melt his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, would, it, would, it would it would go down to the at least the skull, if not. His skull would be skull. exposed. Yeah. He would not just lose his hat. Yeah. And then, then he gets like the uh the glue and feathering. Which is hysterical. Which is the kind of which is a, Wait, what what either. is what is Marv's line there? Why the hell you take your shoes off? Why, Why the hell you, you dress like a chicken? chicken? That gets that that's, that's such a great and improvised. Yeah. Improvised that's line. It. Oh yeah. it, that's great. Great that's, line. That's awesome. And then the uh, the mic the micro machines they bite it on the micro machines. Okay, so that's a that's a that's a push. Yeah. That's a share. And then, and then they get then they get the cans to yep. the face. Push. Um, Concussion city, but yes, they each get it. Then Joe Pesci flips over the the trip wire. Yep, like it's like he's like fucking Viet Cong. It's a diesel trip wire. But like Joe Pesci gets a crowbar to the chest, right? From Daniel right, Stern, yep. which which is terrible. It probably cracks sternum. Yeah, a crowbar um, from a grown man. Can we try to step on the spider? Do we have to hit it with... <laughs> or flick it away with the crowbar. I, if I see a tarantula, I'm giving it everything I got. <laughs> I am fair, going, fair, I'm right. going nuclear on that thing. Um, <laughs> they both slam into the door, the wall. Yeah. Right? With the, uh, with the tree house. Well, the, before the tree house is, is Daniel Stern's other line. When they look out, when Kevin goes down the, um, the zip line. Yeah. And Harry goes, where did he go? And Marvel looks out, he goes... Maybe committed suicide. <laughs> <laughs> now that was that was a line for sure. It was improvised. When I went, uh, that was just that's hilarious. Yeah, it's amazing. But that is a moment where the movie's paused or whatever it was, and I go into the kitchen to the adults and go, "What is committing suicide?" <laughs> and the parents go, "What are you watching in there?" Yeah, and, and it makes sense that that was improvised because even once I'm watching it last night, like I'm like, that is such a weird line. It yeah. does like, not fit with like, the tone of anything, but and, and of course, there's no way that was written on paper. That makes right, sense that it was improvised. It's yeah. a hilarious line, though. All right, so then, 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 yeah, they slam into the wall from the cut zip line. Yeah, and then, and then the uh, the shovels, yeah. the shovels. Yeah. So I feel, like, I, I feel like Harry got it worse. I feel like the, the burning, and getting your head set on fire. So I think I, that, like I, the but, high spots are probably worse Marv's brain Harry. never works I again. I thought Marv really took more of a beating. Marv's brain never works again. I just go back to that nail through the foot, you know? <laughs> Forget about the stuff that would have killed you. Like, my foot is, is like, my foot is cringing right now thinking about yeah. that. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, they, they both they both get their licks in, though. Yeah, oh, and boy. it's just fantastic, every second of it. And uh, th- there will never be a time where watching them get hit in the face with the paint cans does not make me laugh my uh, ass great. off. Speaking of improvised lines, we didn't talk at all about John Candy. No, so yeah, that's uh, a, a good a good time to take a little break here and hop into that. The uh, the polka band, right? What is oh, the name of the polka band? The um, Kenosha Kickers. The Kenosha Kickers, right? They're touring um, the world as a polka band. John John Candy was there for one day. Twenty three, like a twenty hour day. Twenty three hours. Did not have any lines. He improvised everything. Is that right? Yeah. He didn't improvised have a everything. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and, and when I'm wa- when I'm watching, when I, I realized when I found that out. And I was hearing his story about his son left the funeral home. Just, I'm like, that's so fucking funny. Oh, now I gotta go back and watch yeah, it. No, I, 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 I just like him, just like, yeah, you know, kids are resilient. Just, <laughs> I didn't. So I, I found that out the other day before watching it too. Oh, it's so, so great. like everything he said, I was literally hanging on every single word and yeah. just in tears. Oh, and, and okay. It's funny because he and Catherine O'Hara go all the way back to right. SC, they SCTV. were on TV. Right, they were on SCTV. So they, they were on like the. Well, she like famously like. 
couldn't get through a eulogy at his funeral. Yeah, he died on her birthday. Yeah, on her 40th wow. birthday. Her birthday. Yeah, wow. yeah. They, they had known each other, worked together forever. But... Yeah, John Candy's a genius. Uh, oh my god! Oh, hundred percent. Fantastic. I mean, he's a true, a true gem. And he's explaining his polka band to her. He's like, yeah, you know, we have the, the Kenosha Kickers. He's <laughs> like, he's like, uh, you know. Uh, the Yamaguchi polka, aka Kiss Me polka. It's like, he's like, you know, it's like, he's like, yeah, we sold six hundred and twenty-four copies. He's like in Chicago, no Sheboygan. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I got. I got to check. Just, go ahead and check just that out. Him, did he, when you find when you know when you realize he's improvising everything, yeah. and Catherine Harris like going along with it, it's, it's that's so, great. So funny. And honestly, her acting feels so much better because her reactions to it just are killer. <laughs> she is. She's. Fantastic in this. She's fantastic in the sequel. She's great in everything. Uh, Catherine and and great she's everything. really getting. I think you know, Beetlejuice is her. It's just, uh, uh, but her and Beetlejuice is her. Beetle, Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's Chris. so over the top and fantastic. Her in uh, the unbelievable and um, the Christopher Guest movies like Best in Show. Yeah, is fantastic. And, and she's, she's popular today with Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek. Uh, and it's it's really disappointing that people yes. are just making a people not even realizing it. It's one thing to realize it. But making a big deal. People are stupid, Grant. She was like, "Did you know that Moira from Schitt's Creek is in was home alone, Mom?" And I'm just like, <laughs> "It's like, oh yeah, because a woman hasn't because like she hasn't worked like what because you had a job thirty years ago. Like this is a big deal." Again, she's coming from CSTV. She's been around SCTV. SCTV. Sorry, she's been around actively since the seventies. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's great in this. And those scenes with, with Candy are ones that as like a kid where I was kind of like, all right, all right, let's get to the traps. Let's get you to the house. You watch now. But it's, as an adult, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's yeah, great. You appreciate it. Yeah. I have done that ride before. Scranton to Chicago? I have done Scranton to Chicago. Now, I've done it from New York. Oh. But we but passed through okay. Scranton. You have to, okay. you have to essentially have to go, you have to go through Scranton. Okay. It's, yeah, it's 95 cross country. Okay. And yeah, so I've I've done that ride okay. solo, and it's a long ride. It took me about from New York to Chicago without stopping. I think it was like 11, 12, 11 Damn. hours. You know what? I thought it'd be longer. Yeah, without stopping though. You did stop only stopping? for gas. You only oh wow! For gas. Yeah, I thought Chicago so was like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, so eleven if you're yeah, if you're hustling. And no again, stops. Yeah, it has it. It has it. As I just googled it, it's a twelve. It's twelve hours and twenty minutes. Uh, I was on a nice little you're nice speeding. Little cruise. Driving all Lollapalooza, okay. uh, it was a yeah a, a good trip. So I got so when they were going through that last night, I'm watching. It's like oh, Scranton to, you know, Scranton to Chicago. I've done that drive. It's yeah, a yeah. cool. It's a cool concept. But I didn't do it in the back of a truck with the polka bands. Well, the you know, in the back, back of a U-Haul. <laughs> it does not seem comfortable. Had Charlie and uh, and Dennis do it in uh, Always Sunny on their their trip to Arizona. <laughs> Did they? They had a they had a full fire. They burned the chairs on the fire. Yeah, they need for light. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Cooking hot dogs. Huh? <laughs> Heading back to Kevin's obstacle course, he finally lures them up the attic and through the uh, and and we said before that that scream that tarantula scream from, oh, it's from epic that, epic that followed by him feeling his face just, just so. Is the so thing ever. They do the old rope walk across the. Uh, yeah. the no, I want I'm not going out the window. <laughs> I love Harry. I love the logic though. No, he wants us to go back through his house of horrors. He yeah. does the a house want of horrors, right? And I want to. It became a chess game that like, and they were playing checkers. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> they were playing like kids checkers. Yeah. 
I want to say, too, we just hyped up John Candy's improv. Grant went through that entire House of Horrors there without notes. There was no, he was yeah. not reading notes there. That was straight you, from I'm memory. Very so I just wanted, with this movie. I just wanted the listeners to know at home that he he went through that thing in sequence there. So. Sickening. <laughs> Impressive. That is disgusting. So the old wet bandits get, get wrapped up after uh, the, what, what's the name of the serial killer again, Grant? The, the South Bend Shovel Slayer. The South Bend Shovel Slayer whaps him over the head. Just completely nails him. Also, how cold was that water in that basement of that, oh, of that now destroyed I mean, poor talking, house? You're talking about a, like a Chicago Chicago December, winter, and it's gotta be it gotta be freezing. Yeah, oh my God, that, like, I always that remember, poor house. I always remember like seeing that. I'm like, oh, there's an on lamp. Like uh, there's a like a lamp yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like someone's gonna get electrocuted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't seem safe. Yeah, none of yeah. that was safe, but. Yeah. That that's the problem with the wet bandits. They're just not stealing. They are just like, yeah, yeah. You, that house is destroyed. Yeah, I mean, you hope they have good house. You hope they have good insurance. They're gonna have to t- tear down that entire house. The oh, black mold the alone. The foundation. Yeah. The, all the all the pipes are now burst. Yeah. Foundation and then black mold. Tear it down. Start over. Not a good situation. So the family. Well, mom comes home first, right? And then the family's right. Like behind. thirty seconds later. Like yeah, she's home for like two minutes before the family. Yeah, shows. I should have stayed with the family. Right. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's a mother's will. It's the mother, yeah. No, it's not a mother's will. It's, again, it's just a terrible way of getting around. Why did she go from Dallas to Scranton? It pays off in the second one when she finds him solo. So Yeah, it's it's still bullshit. But it's one of those things where you never never know. Listen, if they have a connection, she's not leaving him twice. Well, well, um, let's let's go back to the very beginning for one second. Um, I know if it were my mom... She would not get on the plane until she saw all the kids board the plane. There's no way she's going on first before the other kids. Mm-hmm. Like she's making sure everyone. My mom would have bullied that door person yeah. at the airport. There's no way she's gonna be like, "Oh, just get on. We'll let you make sure your 15 kids get on safe." Yeah, yeah, no way. No, well, again. So just, first of all, that's not happening. Right. Pre 9 11, it would have gone well for your mom. Post 9 11, 9 11. My mom would have just went down with a fight. <laughs> she she, she would have been on the list. Yeah. <laughs> she but the I list. would not have been left in Chicago. That's true. But yeah, I, I can understand her doing everything she can because you never know. Like, all, you can you can fly to another airport and all of a sudden there's a, you can find a right. Chicago but her family there. waited a couple two days and got there. The same exact size twenty twenty. She's just a shitty planner. She clearly. That's <laughs> she's. Right. Uh, I thought like I bought the mom. I think the payoff in the second one with her refusing to to sit back and wait and go in and find it. It pays. She off, left. I, I don't. I don't understand in the second one why she why the husband doesn't go along with her. Because he is completely well, disinterested they had to in being pay off the first one. They had to tie that knot together. But he, all right, anyway, let's listen. Like, we're, we're gonna we're gonna be talking to when Mister McAllister gets home. He essentially acts like he missed a baseball game. He's like, oh, Kevin, yeah, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, Kevin, well, my boy. We, yeah. Like, listen, inter- complete disinterest. We established that these guys are all dicks. Like, the, dicks. Whole, the whole family is dicks. They they're, they're very, they're like, not, here's they're the thing. Family. Don't have kids if you don't want to have kids. And don't, don't have 27 don't have, kids. Don't, don't have five kids if you don't want one kid. Right. <laughs> like, if you, if you don't have, you can't handle like one. They, they treated they treated kids like they did in, like, the 1800s. Right, like, just have a mill. It's like, well, at least two of these kids are going to die. Right. So we gotta like hedge right. our bets. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I they do. forgot about modern medicine. That kid survived. They were just figuring. Yeah. All right, we'll have thirty. Two of them will make it. Kevin just dying of sepsis. Right. That's what yeah. they're hoping. <laughs> they're like, why is this fucking kid still living? We're, yeah. Give <laughs> him proper burial or move along with the trail. We're going to leave him for move the Move along the trail. we got to hunt yeah. for buffalo. We'll leave him to the vultures. <laughs> Marley's re- reuniting with his family. Really nice. There's Fantastic. Love, a, they're kind of looking it through the window. It's a great the shot. Kevin Marley connection is special. There's uh, something I, I read about. 
when you first see Marley, his hands all his hand is all bandaged up. Right. The mark on his hand, the the wound on his hand symbolizes his rift with his with his son. So it's all like bandaged up and it's gnarly and awful. And then when he's talking to Kevin about it, opening up about that, he only has a bandaid on. Yeah, when we see him buying those band-aids in the store, that's well, why yeah. Kevin runs to the So game. he so you can tell he's like he's trying to work on it and he's like trying to mentally prepare himself to reach out. He only has a band-aid. The next day when he's hugging his granddaughter, there's no there's nothing. It's completely healed. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I didn't realize it's, that. It's, that's it's, cool. I, I don't I mean, I'm sure it wasn't I'm sure it was intentional. Um, but it was just a nice touch if that that's is cool. actually what it is. Yeah. Uh, and and you know John Williams hammer in her home. Oh the boy, that, there in the end, that yeah. it just doesn't work. And the, it does, yeah. like if it, <laughs> the this, music. Movie, this movie is legitimately elevated by John Williams. There's no, you know, it it turns into something that will be discussed at the Oscars, and there will be Oscar right. nominees because of it. And you know, you I, I know that there were the John Williams detractors out there that he kind of does that tell you how to feel thing a little bit here and there. You get a, a bit of it. In some of his movies, but in this one, I think he he actually genuinely elevates the movie. Oh yeah, it's a kids' Christmas movie, and the score is a banger. And yeah, it just oh, it, it complete it completely works. It's not a lazy kids' movie. It's no, not just like generic paint by numbers no, music. A hundred percent. And I, I now I do want to throw a little Oscar nitpit out here. Mm-hmm. Nominated for original score, all for it. Loses to Dance with Wolves. Fine, you know it's great. Other nominees, not, not that notable. Now, I mean, yeah, he's John Williams. I guess they gave him a little pass on him sampling some other Christmas songs here or there. We're, I mean, we're going to look past I mean, that, though, right? Yeah. John Williams is his, like, 40th nomination. We'll, we'll, we'll go. It's the original song that I want to hone in on here. Okay. Where is the song? <sighs> what song? At Somewhere the in my end, memory. It's, it's what we opened with in the Oh, in the that? Track. Yeah. Oh. Because in the end, there's, like, a children's choir going, la, 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 Yeah, yeah, la, that's... La, oh. la, 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 something crawling up the walls. You know, whatever, they're singing along. Right. Like, okay. I mean, you, you took it's, the score it, of the movie. It's schmaltzy. You it's, threw yeah. a couple of, like, lines at the end, and that's a song. Like, should that really count as an original song? I mean, I guess it does. I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like taking they're the Jaws s- song. And be like, da da Running from the shark shark now. (laughs) Is coming. He's gonna get you. He's gonna get you. You know, original song. It's the each week. What I wonder what came first, though. Oh, I I don't know, but I know it was John Williams' score, and then and they threw some chorus at the end of it. Because I think you do hear the singing that when Marley's meeting the family, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's when. Or no, I think that's when Kevin is walking before he goes into church. Could be. I think when he's looking at the other families. Once again, though, this is just, I don't understand the rules of the Academy for music. Yeah, well, I I think think, that, well, the original song has to have lyrics. That's definitely part of it. So, a kind of funny one in in that category, too, is Madonna's song wins, the Dick Tracy song. Oh, okay. Which is awesome, and she does a killer performance that year at the Oscars. Worth watching if you you have time to Google that. (laughs) In an awkward moment, the, because the award goes to the songwriter. Not the performer. Oh, the performer okay, didn't. Right, like sense. Gaga, the Stars Born year performed it, but also wrote it. So right. she went up and accepted it. Right. But Madonna just performed the song. Sure. She didn't. So which but, isn't which isn't very rock and roll. BBC uh, <laughs> uh, callback, Argo episode. But the songwriter who won wasn't at the awards. Oh, so the camera zooms in to Madonna clapping from the seats. Yeah, and the presenter's going. 
the Academy's gonna accept this on behalf of the songwriter, yeah. and they just wow. walk away. And it's like it's one of those where it's like, can I, can I get it? Can I come up and get it? Can I? No, no, no we're gonna give this to the songwriter. We don't give it to the talent. <laughs> it's not rock and roll enough for you to accept this award. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, it was rock and roll, though, is the another great talent was nominated that year as well. Did you guys look into this? The other no. John Bon Jovi. Young Guns 2 is the movie. Wow. The song is Blaze of Glory. Interesting. A classic. Great well, that's song. rock and roll. Okay. Right that's a really good song. <laughs> I love it. Also, another Always Sunny reference. Yep. That's when, when Mac and Charlie drive into the wall. Yep. <laughs> they go down in the Blaze of Glory. That's amazing. This is it. Gentlemen, anything else we want to sprinkle on top here? I've gotten to the end of the movie. I think we covered most of the stops here. Now, we are going to give our awards, as we always do. Uh, before we do that, we are going to talk about Home Alone 2. We've kind of sprinkled that talk into this conversation as we went, but I do want to kind of hone into that movie a little bit. And we're about to do that. But right before we do that, we are now giving each episode our recommendations for if you liked Home Alone or if you enjoyed Home Alone this holiday season – Here's another one that we would recommend. So I know mine is a, is, is a Christmas theme. I don't know about you guys. We'll, mine we'll see. Not, if it's mine not. That's, not. Okay, so then I'll, I'll go first. We'll keep along with the, the holiday theme. You guys can be a little more Home Alone-centric. So I did want to throw out a, a holiday movie out there. It is not a children's movie by any means. And it was one that I wanted to do for this episode. But, you know, we thought maybe for our first Christmas episode, we should be a little, a little more uh, all-inclusive. But I selected one of my favorite Christmas movies, and it is... Bad Santa. Okay. Oh, great movie. Bad Santa starring Billy Bob Thornton, also the late John Ritter, also the late Bernie Mac. Yeah. An absolute blast of a movie. Yeah, oh, a yeah. Movie. Again, if your kids are at home listening to BPC, again, we're going we're, we're gonna to question your parenting along with the McAllister. You are a McAllister. Yeah. This is an adult recommendation. Yes. Uh, Bad Santa is so. not a kid's movie. Yes. But an absolute hilarious depiction of a Christmas movie. Billy Bob Thornton, to me, is incredibly underrated. He's great in this. 100%. He's fantastic in this movie. Uh, if you've ever seen the first season of Fargo, another just incredible example of acting. He, the guy's, he just kind of, there There was that middle part of his career where everyone just kind of just brushed him off. Yeah. And he got Sling weird Blade. for a while. Yeah. yeah, Sling Blade's another great one that I love. I but love yeah. an Armageddon, another Armageddon reference. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but so, so, I mean, like, if you're... You're out there looking for a good laugh. I think Bad Santa's a great... That sounds a good a great one. Yeah, really good so. movie. That's definitely worth watching all the time. Okay, so for my recommendation, I was thinking as the, the, you know, Home Alone is a trilogy. And the third part being more in the future and Saw. Kevin as Jigsaw. <laughs> growing oh, up. And, you know, elaborate... The old prequel to Saw. Here it is again, back yeah. in the in the Grand Sea Studios. He just elaborate... I'm going to kick your ass out of my house. <laughs> Listen, listen, Kevin is a very traumatized and neglected child. Growing up as Jigsaw is on brand with someone who is just so neglected, right? Because child neglect is child abuse. and I love it. Now, is Saw a Christmas movie? <laughs> now it is. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you, you cannot see my eyes, <laughs> listeners, but... Ooh, they're daggers. <laughs> oh, boy. I think me and Kieran just got kicked out of Grants yeah, for I love it. I love I'm it. I'm off the podcast. I quit. 
But yes. I mean, I'm all for any time you're recommending Saw. I think the original Saw. Now, I think the... I'm talking about Saw... What? We've said this a couple but times. Jigsaw. The original Saw as a movie has taken such a hit with the reputation yeah, of all the, first of the sequels. Saw's, the first Saw is really cool, and it's really... You know, any, unlike anything you've ever seen, then like just the sequels just come out for... They just, it it, 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 it just gets a little year much. Year after year after year after year, it gets a little... The first lot. few are good. I mean, I genuinely love... All of them, but you know that's, that's I get just that. me. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, the first one to me is is a movie worth watching. It's fantastic, I think so. And hey, yeah. if you like the Gazmos and Gidgets of Kevin McAllister, you know, let's it's, move it's, on. It's to, really uh, perfect. If you like Home Alone, you're gonna like Saw. Yeah, love it, uh, Grant. So let's, mine, let's take us home here. Mine is mine is a little bit more lighthearted than Saw, <laughs> and probably Bad Santa too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is a uh, John Hughes movie that uh, that if it wasn't for this movie, Home Alone probably wouldn't oh. have been made, and it's Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. And um, it is a... John Candy is the titular Uncle Buck, and he's fantastic. And he's a, this ne'er-do-well uncle who, in a last-minute pinch, has to babysit his his brother's kids. And Macaulay Culkin is one of those kids. And uh, it's a great, great movie. And Macaulay Culkin and John Candy together is yeah. just electric. Yeah, and, um, and I think... And that's John, how they John, cast John him, Hughes, right? John Hughes kind of wrote Home Alone with Macaulay Culkin in mind. Because of Uncle Buck, because right? Because of Uncle Buck. Yeah. Now, Uncle Buck is Macaulay Culkin's first. I th- movie? think so. Or is first his first really? Yeah, I think he like appears in a first. So I think it's his first like big one. I want to take that's movie. a great segue to just take a little look at that run that Macaulay Culkin went on. It, it, it was that early '90s run, and it looks like here. I mean, his first movies were "See You in the Morning" and "Rock Rocket Gibraltar." I don't know what those are, but basically, the most the most notable one was 1989 Uncle Buck. Yeah. He has a small, uncredited role in Jacob's Ladder. Have you guys seen Jacob's Ladder? No. With Tim Robbins? A, I saw it, but I don't remember it. It's been a long time. Yeah, I think I had the DVD at home and I've never my watched uncle, it. I heard it's really good. My uncle really had the VHS, movie. so I remember watching it when like, I would stay at my cousin's house and they would and like my aunt and uncle would fall asleep. I would watch okay. it. And then Home Alone comes next. Only the Lonely, which is another, another John Candy movie. Okay. Yeah. I don't know it. Next, Only the Lonely, Joe? No? Never. No, nothing. I don't even, didn't know about it until looking at IMDb. And next is the aforementioned Michael Jackson black or white music video, which is where just he, he, he back in the sings the rap, and yep. that is like prime MTV videos right back then. I remember like I remember, early nineties. I remember like it was a big deal when the video got released. Yeah, like, it was an event. Yes, uh, huge. It was yeah. like yeah, I remember it was like that. a thing. Yeah, yeah. He do, he does my girl next, which was mm-hmm. which huge. was kind of a big deal too. Big deal. Yeah. Very emotional movie. And then it's the Good Son, right? Not yet. Oh, we shit. do first. They make an they make an animated series for him called The Wish Kid, which I don't think does very well. Hmm. Home Alone Two is next. Okay. Then The Good Son. Then they go with they the go light, dark with, with, with the Good Son with Elijah Wood. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a very it's dark, very disquieting movie. He's in the Nutcracker. I don't know what that is. It is a um, it's a filmed version of the uh, New York City Ballet's. Nutcracker. If if you like if you like the Nutcracker, it's great. It's narrated, oh yeah. Narrated by Kevin Klein. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of the uh, the Nutcracker and the New York City Ballet. Oh nice. Version of it. Very cool. Yeah. Love the Nutcracker theme and Always Sunny in Philadelphia yep. too. That's a big <laughs> too. Always Sunny really likes Macaulay Culkin. Finish the the trilogy of tie-ins there. Uh, getting even with dads next, which is one where uh, he kind of does dancing. with Ted yeah. dancing. Yeah. yeah, they both he, have long hair, and I just remember yeah. like there's a train stop or a bus stop locker that plays a part important role in the movie. That yeah. sounds familiar. I, I don't. I I haven't seen it since years. I was little, but I just remember they had to get that locker. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to move into the financial bust section of of young Macaulay Culkin, and this is a movie I 
hated <clears throat> as a kid. I don't think I ever made it to the end of it, but it was a major bust. It was a big, expensive project, too. The Page Master. It's like a half animated, half live action movie. Oh, I never saw Yikes. it. Yikes! I don't. I, I have like no context of it either. Yeah, it was a when no said, bueno. When you said half animated, that that rung a bell. Yeah, but I've never seen no it. No good. Yeah, no. lost money. What's it about? Uh, again, the I don't Master know. Pages, it was just, obviously, it was oh, one okay. of those things that was rented. Oh, you just never got through it. Okay. I shot it right off. Okay. He does an episode of Frasier, and then <laughs> well, Kelsey Glamour was who uh, Daniel Stern with that role was written for. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. That's really funny. Yeah, I don't see It does that. not work. They're too sophisticated. Too, too intellectual. <laughs> yes. And then he does Richie Rich. Yeah. Yeah. Which I saw in the movie theaters. Me too. I have not seen I saw it in movie theaters. Yeah, I remember him having McDonald's in his house. Yep. That's, and I was so jealous of that. I, I, I really remember that a little, um, like, remote control B for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why that sticks with yeah, me. Yeah, that also lost money. And, uh, Did it really? Yeah. And then that's it for him. Well, for Party Monster he had, right? Youth music video. That was later on. That much later? It was only like four years after. Party Richard. Monsters, nine years later. Oh, was? Yeah. Oh, shit. Wow, he really found yeah. my time. Yeah, you know, like we're one not going to go into his... And Seth Green. We're not going to yeah. go into his adult career. But that. But that's... Hey, I mean, for that... It's a hell of a You run. know, it was a five-year run of him just being on top of the world. You know? God. It, his parents he, didn't steal all his money. He'd be doing great. Is he the most famous kid actor of our generation? Of our generation. I mean, I mean these movies were... I mean, gangbusters. Yeah, uh, he has to be the most successful, right? I mean, because you have a guy like a Haley Joel Osment really just had a couple movies. Like he had uh, the big, uh, the big one where he gets you know right. the Oscar nominee for yeah. Six Sense, yeah, and then he's in. Um, and Natalie Portman. Uh, yeah, but but she's Hers more famous more, as an adult. And like even her kid, when she was a kid, okay. her movies were more adult. Like right, but right, right, Culkin was like crushing yeah, kids Lindsay, movies. Lindsay Lohan would be an example. I mean, she was huge. Hannah Montana. Uh, Miley Cyrus. Yeah, but I don't even think it counts our generation, though. Yeah, I, I think we're... Younger. Well, all right, well, okay, <laughs> I, I so know, when it's... I say our generation, I mean, like, from our generation. Since we've been alive. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, oh, we okay. could say Shirley Temple, but I don't know what we really... Right. It's, it's, we're comparing apples and oranges here. I, I, he he made the most movies that I can, I mean, think of right now that were super kid-friendly while also adult-like. Not There was not an eight-year-old kid watching The Professional with no, Natalie Portman's not a household name. Is yeah, child. okay. Where, I, I can see that. Whereas Macaulay Culkin was and Miley Like Cyrus Lindsay was. Lohan's probably the next argument? Yeah, I think that's, that's But I think, right. still think it's Macaulay Culkin. I think it has to be. Yeah. So let's talk about one of those Macaulay Culkin movies, and that is Home Alone 2. Now, I want to start here just because this is what I wanted to do for this podcast once we yeah. did. I, I, I threw it out there to the group. I was like, hey, what do you say? Can we do it? And it was shut down. And, and rightfully so. <laughs> uh, it makes more sense to talk Home Alone 1, yeah. the better movie, and then just talk about Home Alone 2 at the end. I, at the listen, end. I love Home Alone 2 also. Yeah, Home Alone now, 2 is fun. My, my love for Home Alone 2 comes from the fact of that it was an event. And it was an event that because I remember. Because of how big Home Alone 1 the was. The anticipation, right. how big Home Alone was. It was, we're going to see. It's the first movie event I remember in my childhood. Okay. Uh, saying anticipating a movie, going with a group of friends, having a blast, like Grant, you were saying before about everybody laughing in yeah. the movie theater. <clears throat> yeah. And then leaving and going, oh, I remember when he did this, and now I remember when he said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No, and everybody wanted the talk boy. Yeah, and you're just, you're walking, yeah, you're the talk boy. And that's Huge. another thing, too. When I'm watching, so I watched the first one, everything was on Disney Plus, which was, yeah, which which was, was nice. nice. Yeah. 
love the streaming consolidation. I don't have to bounce around and check for these things. And that's another thing. Like the wives are going nuts and <laughs> all the streaming all fees the and everything. Yeah, you know what? Three ninety nine adds up after a while. <laughs> Four ninety nine for the lost weekend. God damn it! What is this? Yeah. Well, the guys did a podcast on it. And I wanted to spend, I spent a lot of money during that Rocky. <laughs> Rocky episode. That Rocky episode cost forty nine, bucks. Nine movies. Yes. So that's a lot. <laughs> Not to mention the monthly streaming fees and all the other ones yeah. that these movies aren't on. Oh, yeah. Don't but, get me started on that stuff. <laughs> I mean, Home Alone 2. Yeah, but so I'm, I'm watching oh, Home Alone 2, and then the Talk Boys, and I'm like, wow, the Talk Boy yeah. was the second one. It wasn't the first one. Yeah. yeah. And it reminded me of, if you've watched the Austin Powers trilogy recently, you wouldn't believe how many famous Austin Powers quotes are from the second movie. Yeah. A lot of the one, the quotes that you hear today... When Mini Me comes, when one. that's when Mini Me comes. Yeah, in, right? yeah. And, and and Fat Bastard, and then, but even there's just even Austin quotes that okay. are all from the second. I one. haven't seen those in a long time, so I cannot speak to those. And like, if you said to me like Talk Boy, I'd say Home Alone. I wouldn't say Home Alone Two. Yeah. Oh, really? And I think it's a yeah. Not, I mean, if, if before today, like there's right. been what what movie is the Talk Boy from? I would just say Home Alone. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't know. Yeah, but me too. Yeah, but yeah, but I'm also having an unhealthy yeah. obsession with this movie. My, my, bro- <laughs> yeah, my so my brother-in-law when he was a kid had a Talk Boy. So, so yeah, so it was did I. it was a couple. I did not. But a few Christmases ago, I was at the in-laws house, and he actually went in the attic and got it, and it still worked. Oh, so and fun. as an adult, fun as hell to play it's with. So fun. Yeah. And, and if if I'm not wrong, the Talk Boy. Comes after the movie, yes. though, right? Because yeah, Talk it was, Boys and products. It was like it was. It was like it was, it was released, product it was placement at Christmas. Think, think about how much money they made off of that. Oh, I don't. Oh I bet you that's that does not include in the worldwide gross that we're talking about. Oh no chance. Yeah. So this is that alone. But now maybe that's it's a toy company um, contracted that out. Yeah, but it was brilliant because it worked, and that yeah. they 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 got that toy into that movie so perfectly. Yeah. Great. But. This is Peter McAllister, the, the father. father. <laughs> well, it took it took the concept. One of those little, one of those little safes you have to open up with the key. <laughs> it took the concept that they did with the pizza guy and the videotape. They're like, how can we make this a little more practical? And how can right. we how can we put this into that? But then they still did the gag again with, the, with the three guys. But it worked for you know now Tim Curry and all his creepiness was just Tim Curry unbelievable Tim Curry is incredible. Yeah. Tim absolutely Cur- incredible. He's perfect in every single thing he does on there. Like he <laughs> hits his marks in such great ways. I want to say too because a comment that you made when we were talking about this and you, you kind of half made it again today, Grant, is is that Home Alone Two is just really the same movie. But I kind of view it as like that's the point, and I think that they play with that. Sure, throughout yeah, the, whole it's movie. A lot, the family it's a lot has a very short memory; they forgot everything in a year. But <laughs> but they joke about it, and it's then a like lot, they, it's a lot like The Hangover Two. Okay. Where Hangover Two is basically the Hangover in in Bangkok, right? Like that's basically, and they they revisit like, oh well, I can't believe well, you did this again. Why I think, and, 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 and yeah, why I think it's better. Though I think I think it's I think you're right. I think it is better, but I think it, it's better because I think that it's a sequel replay for kids with sure. those jokes. That it's a replay for yeah. the adults, whereas The Hangover is an adult movie for adults. With right, right. It's okay. just it really is like treating the adults like kids, but <laughs> the same movie over again. Sure, like there's a moment where Kevin breaks the the fourth wall and looks at the camera when he's on the plane yep. with the guy who's talking French. Yeah, like he like looks at the audience and goes, "See what I'm dealing with right now." Yeah, like that's very clever, and he's 
Really, he nails it. He's full Bugs Bunny in this movie. Like yeah. that's like something Bugs Bunny would do in one of, in one of those yeah. cartoons. So, but how, how did the Wet Bandits break out of prison? They got bested by an eight year old. Prison escape. There was a there was a there was a riot. Yeah, prison riot and and escape. They, and they there is no way those two get out without getting shot in the face. Yeah, riots are riot, man. I don't know, man. You smell that, Joe? It's fish. It's fish. <laughs> <laughs> I found I found <laughs> the second one so much funnier. Like I thought I thought there was more infused comedy in it that was there like were, effective. It was very more, sarcastic. There were more gags in the second one. Tim Curry is fantastic. Yeah, Tim it. Curry incredible. helps. It's incredible. Um, no, I mean there's the uncle, the Tim Curry with the shower scene in the hotel. Yeah, is Great. hysterical. What do you call him a sneaky little pervert? <laughs> Get out of here, you nosy little pervert! I'm gonna slap you <laughs> silly. Uh, I, I I wish I could like, see your your yeah. father in person. Apologize. Yeah. It's like if you uh, if. If if a man walked in yeah. on you naked and did that, would you want to see him again? He goes, you're said, probably not going to see yeah. him for the rest he of the said, trip. He said he didn't fly all the way to New York to get his naked rear end spied on. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, of course not. <laughs> and it's like, I just feel like they play with that joke of, this is completely outrageous and cartoonish, but we're going to have, like, why is Tim Curry being such a dick to begin with? Like, yeah. what, he's just like, watch that little boy. Find, no, like, find out as much as you can about him. And then yeah, Rob Steiner's like, trying to take like, Steele's like bag. Going, he's going through his bag. Yeah. Oh, do you want your key like, in the bag, sir? Rob Steiner's like, I don't make enough money for this. I get paid tips that I'm not getting. Yeah. <laughs> and the best is then the next day when he's getting a limo. He's like, a cheese pizza just for you. Yeah, great. great. Rob Steiner's fantastic. In it. There's a, a little bit of Rob Schneider goes a long way. Yeah. If now, a lot of Rob Schneider and you were... And then you get the hot chicks. <laughs> <laughs> I just, really I'm just thinking about the South Park episode where they're like, <laughs> Rob Schneider's a piece of carry. He's a stapler. Dirty, dirty, dirty. Rob Schneider is a bellhop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you, if you take Rob Schneider and put him in a movie with one of the contestants on Survivor and just tell them to carry the film, you're going to have yeah. an issue. But no, a reduced, a reduced Rob Schneider works. Works. Tim Curry, man, I'd have to think that this is him at the peak of his career here because he has. Well, well, no, I'm not saying it's his best work, but I'm saying like this is him on the biggest stage because you have him in. Or, you have him in. I think Clue comes before it. Clue was in late '80s. Yeah. yeah so or, yeah. all right, and then it is like '91. So I think Clue is like '89, '90. Yeah. And then it is like '91. So so he's like gets his fame from. From that, as far as like America goes, and yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of when Rocky Horror Picture Show became big because mm-hmm. it was a right. cult. It was, it was, it was so culty. It was, that was in the '70s. It came out, but like it didn't get big. And I don't. I don't know what year. When did it, be, when did it become yeah. like a thing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So and then you have him this, and then I think I think he's next is like Congo is like that's like next. Congo, like, Congo, he's in a lead like role. Three Musketeers. Oh, Three Musketeers also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's and that's right around the same he time. Was, he was the, he was the villain in that movie. Yeah, so he's he's a hot ticket yeah. item at this part. Yeah. And, yeah. and just, he's absolutely, his delivery is so funny. If you yeah. watch Clue, and Clue was almost my recommendation uh, okay. for today. Yeah. And I think that's almost been my recommendation every time, because I just think it's... It's such a great movie. Uh, Clue's it, excellent. His comedic delivery in that movie is just perfect. Yes. It's, it's, like, it's like Broadway, how good it is. Yeah. And, on film, and, yeah. it's, and it's just fantastic. So and I, I love him in this. Now, we were talking about him... Almost killing the guys in the first obstacle course. Oh my This God, movie, God. it's just beyond outrageous. I mean, they go full bugs. I mean, the bricks to the face. That, uh, that, from that, four stories. 
The, the four <laughs> bricks from four stories to the head? How, how many fingers, Marv? Eight! This is head would, would crush yeah. like a pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. I, that that to me is the funniest. Because if you watch them like, on like Freeform or something, they cut, you only get hit by one brick. Oh, really? Oh, really? That's how violent it, it is. Uh, it's oh, it's extremely they, violent. It, they, treat it like, they treat it like Goodfellas, really. They edit out like a scene because of the violence in it. I mean, but like, that to me is the, is the funniest... Assault? Are we calling these assaults? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Murder attempt. Of any, any of the movies, even the first one, is that the brick one is the funniest thing, and, and Marv's the escalation of Marv's oh, Marv's panic. Ridiculous! And, and is, the, so, is so great. The second one, I was counting how many murders there would be, and I got <laughs> I got to double digits. Like, yeah, there's a lot. Oh yeah, I mean, two I, is just. I, I like how in the in the in the end they're like climbing down the rope. They get to the first story. And then climb back up just so the fall is long enough to kill them again. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They just, just just to make it terrible. Get back up, 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 up. Yeah. It's like, well, why don't you just like slide down the rope in the flame for a story and you'll be fine. Yeah. <sighs> Classic. Just so good. The, yeah, um, yeah. Like Harry's head blows up. The other one. <laughs> I mean, you see, you see Marv's head blows up. <laughs> he literally would have. Yeah. Been you you see Marv's skeleton with the electric. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Is that I think the second one they were just. Like, yeah. let's just go all in. Oh, like, sure. let's turn him into a skeleton. Right. Let's... Now, the other thing we saw with the talk boy is the tool shed. And if you would have asked me, like, oh, the tool shed prank, I'd be like, oh, yeah, Home Alone. Like, I would have thought that was in Home Alone 1, too. That orange tool shed with the shelves that they push down the stairs. And they're like, what's yeah. that sound? What's <laughs> the sound of a tool chest falling down the stairs? <laughs> uh, I, will, I will say old, old Man Marley, way better than Pigeon Lady. Oh, yeah. Oscar award winning. I, I listen. I know that she was in My Left Foot. My I, Left Foot. I, I know. She got homeless real quick. Like people didn't like her very much. Yeah, I mean, I think that she left out a lot of facts of her backstory. Her story you know, was like, weak. Oh yeah, you know, I oh, fell she, in love she, with my husband and I became homeless person. She, it's like, eh. yeah, she definitely she definitely did something wrong. Yeah, There's some mental illness. Well, she, I think she was, here, she was, on, okay. she's on the land from Ireland. Like she definitely like fled <laughs> yeah. the country. Yeah. No. You know, this just, isn't this isn't a bad breakup. Like you're covered in pigeon shit. Right. She's living. She's living in the attic of Carnegie Hall. Right. You ha- you're just constantly walking around with a bucket of bird seed. This was not just a relationship. Oh, found you to totally shit. have hepatitis. Like oh, no. you have diseases that we don't even know because birds only have them. She's, <laughs> she yeah. started bird flu. Yeah. When bird flu became a thing, it was tracked back to a woman in Central Park. Kevin, run! Oh, don't okay. make promises you can't keep. He's fucking eight. He's yeah, trying to be nice. Don't be a dick. He's not going to know you when he's 13. Right. Like, <laughs> when he and, writes his memoirs before Saw, after he's, he's like, like, oh, and I want some of this I, fucking I want, crazy I want bitch. To, I wanted that to be a trap. It's like, you're going to be devoured by pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> In a, on a more serious note here with this, I just would be remiss not to bring this up. In the opening section of Kevin getting to New York, the shot of him on top of the Twin Towers... Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, that it's hit weird. home. Yeah. I mean, we talked about a pre-9-11 world before. Yeah. yeah. It really hits yeah, there. Completely yeah. Completely mind-blowing. Yeah. I agree. He's on, you get the top. Yeah. The top. No. The, very, the, the, the tippy top of the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, yeah, you get to see, you get the whole Like, area I felt that. I was like, ooh. Whoa. Yeah. And you get to actually see the view from up there. Can you think of any other medium that, that you had that view from? I'm sure that there's pictures and whatnot, but... That's in like a, a popular. Yeah, no, that was, but, it was, but it was also an elevator. Like it wasn't. It was like a helicopter shot. So like you have like that height, but then it's also expounded upon. Yeah. through you know through. What I, you, I, that whole scene, like him coming to New York and running around New York, is fantastic. Yeah. No, I agree with you one hundred percent. That hit different. Honestly, yeah, I gotta say, I mean, 
you know, we're 20 plus episodes in this podcast. That was one of the most mind blowing shots in any of the movies that we watched for this. Yeah. To me, just considering, I mean, it was it was unintentional because right. they, who, how could they know the future? Right. They well, didn't sure. Know. But uh, no. I just, yeah. I was floored. Like, paused it, rewound it, watched again, and just went, "Wow, this is yeah. in here." Yeah. If I can go back on a lighter note, can we talk about the logistics of him landing in New York with? <laughs> and I was like, "There's no airport in New York that has the skyline visible." <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, in case anyone that's not from New York is, is listening to this, neither JFK or LaGuardia are the two big airports in the New York City area. There's one in New Jersey that's, that's close by also. None of which have the New York City skyline anywhere near it. They're both in Queens. Yeah. They're, they're, not, they're not anywhere near yeah, it. Yeah, one's in the North Shore Long Island, one's in the South Shore Long yeah. Island, and then there's Newark. Right. But, yeah, there's the, you don't so, have that. So you don't have that. And then uh, we, I, I did some location scouting. So he goes in on the Manhattan Bridge or Williamsburg Bridge. He starts on Rockefeller Center, goes all the way downtown to Chinatown, mm-hmm. Battery Park, <laughs> the Financial District. It then goes all the way back up to Central Park West. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know the city. Oh, but, like, but, like, but this is all before dark. Like yeah, okay. Not, so setting at four thirty. What's lost? <laughs> How in can the... he do that? Fly, fly. I, I listen, Kieran. You give me a look. I know this is ridiculous. No, you're, you're having, right. Having you're fun. right, and I'm I think ha- I'm having fun. And I think it's something that we take for granted of knowing. knowing I'm having this fun. stuff, but what I appreciated about it, and it's a movie where we're gonna have a guy's head turn into a skeleton for a few <laughs> seconds and then go back to a head. I love the authentic filming of New York through. No, it. Look, I yeah, thought it was, and, and this I hate we. Talk about this a bunch of times. I I hate like fake New York films that oh, kind of yeah. show like Vancouver a clip of New this. And it, yeah, exactly. And, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World crushes <laughs> that. And it really like they went out of their way to beg this is New York. Oh yeah. And there's it's a felt- responsibility to knowing that you're going to gross four hundred million dollars worldwide. Yeah. People in in Shanghai, people in Moscow, people in India deserve to know what New York looks like, and it and, shouldn't just and show it on a projector. Even that awesome night scene at, outside Central Park, when like the you know the homeless people and the hookers, and then he gets in the cab, he's like, oh, "It's scary out there," and then the cab driver turns around, he's like, "Not much better in here, kid. Much better in here, kid." Fantastic, yeah. I love yep. that line, and it's, yeah, it really, it really does feel like New York in Christmas time. It really does. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it really. They, it really does feel like it. And we're saying I, this I, as New Yorkers. Like it's I, I, like, will, I will say this. I don't know what time Kevin ended up at the Rockefeller tree, but there's no way he's the only person there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. That's, that's not happening. Not happening. <laughs> On Christmas I, I Eve. I don't care if it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Beautiful moment, but oh, incredible! probably moment. more real, unrealistic I've, than the I've, skeleton face. Oh, God, I've, I've, Honestly, that's the most unrealistic thing. I've, 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 been, I've been there. And it was like an Andrew W.K. mosh pit. I just want to throw <laughs> elbows and just like... You have to push! Oh, God, I hate it. It's just it's just people from like, I, I don't know where, with like sh- pushing strollers around, just like, oh, look at these buildings. <laughs> <laughs> and like just not paying attention. I'm just like, get the fuck out of my like, Where's the NBC uh, store? Yeah. Hey, you think we'll, you think we'll see... Um, What's his name? The weatherman? Al oh, Rick. We'll think we'll see Al Al Ricker. Oh look, it's Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing back the Birdman boys, Kansas boys. As sequels go, this is as effective as it gets. It's a solid, I, it's a solid sequel. I, I, yes. It's, it's super it is. I got a little fired up and angry because I went on Rotten Tomatoes today and just watched everything, everybody burying it at like well, 33%. It doesn't, it doesn't deserve Listen, it's, so, it's an obvious listen. I would have retrospectively picked this in our sub fifty for It's uh, sub fifty? It's thirty three percent. Really? Which is egregious. Egregious. Oh, oh, I don't like that. Yeah, that's yeah. Insane. That's what I'm saying. I got mad today. Wow. I got mad today. 
I got the I mean, all fired up. The the bullshit like connection between Kevin and his mom that just clearly isn't there because she clearly is horribly neglecting him is aside. I don't agree with you, Joe. I don't agree with you, Joe. I know what you're saying, but I think that they established that she's terrible. No, they established <laughs> that there is a connection within their world between the two of them. Again, we she's not a good mo- mother, but no. there, but as much of the connection. The connection's only there when she, they're not together. It's mm-hmm. it's bullshit. It's mm-hmm. it's forced to, because it's a kids movie. No way. That, that 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 good night, mom. Good night, Kevin. Scene is just I, like I rolled my eyes and I was almost I almost wanted to turn the movie. Off. I like Catherine. Oh, I like Catherine O'Hara better in the second one than I liked her in the first. One. I thought she was great. I think she's better in the second one, but that part of it is just nonsense. I yeah, think she's funnier I mean, in the second one. I mean, logically, you're probably right, but again, we we've we've, yeah. we've established that this is yes. basically an animated movie. It's, they, funny. It's, it's an animated yeah. movie done in live action. That's what that's sure. what Home Alone Two is, and they play with it and they have fun with it, and and I just think it's a blast. You get Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern back, and you add Tim Curry and and Rob Schneider. Tim and Curry, just, just that smile. Oh, it's great. It's just it's just great. Yeah, it's the just, grin, like the Grinch smile, where he's yeah, or exactly he's watching the Grinch. Oh, uh, it's so great. Smile, and yep. then, like, the light bulb goes off behind yep. him. Great Perfect. shot. When, when it says, what is this? It says stolen and that light goes off yeah. all over him. It's just yeah. fantastic. It's just, I mean, yeah, the budget was there, but still kind of a way better movie than it has any business being. No, 33% Rotten Tomatoes, a, though, a is great, an insult to yeah, the movie. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great sequel. It is, it's very, I, I, they do give a wink and a nod, but it is still very much a, they take a lot of the formula from the first one sure. and, they, and they kind of put it in different packaging. And it's fun. Like, I'm, I'm not, like I said, like, I don't hate the movie at all. I love yeah. the movie. And I think it's great. But 33% is yeah, great. That's, that's, yeah, that's an insult. And, I, and, and you know, you, you have, you have Macaulay Culkin talking to the audience of kids too, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can mess with a lot of things, but you can't mess with kids That's on Christmas. Yeah. You know, and you get yeah. every seven year old in the crowd going, ah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Braveheart, you know. <laughs> like, like I watched, it, I, watched I watched Home Alone too last night. I enjoyed every every yeah. except for that you know, the nonsense connection. I will say I love the movie. I will say it's ten to fifteen minutes too long. Yeah. It's it should have been the same length as the first one. A, That's one thing that they should it's have done. It's a straight thing. two hours, the second one. So I agree probably, but yeah, like I don't I, care I about that. I was a little fatigued. They spend they spend a lot they spend a lot of time in the beginning showing that the family's still the, terrible. The family's still terrible. Yeah. Which I'm kind and of I, okay I, with. And by the way, the whole every, the, the, every, every everybody that goes everyone they're all dicks. with that school is a dick. It's fucking terrible. Oh, that, was, that scene is ridiculous. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. But, <laughs> when the conductor's Frank, looking Uncle around, Frank dialing it up to ten, <laughs> yeah. saying, "Who cares? It was hilarious. Like, like, hilarious, Frank." But like the, the conductor like, looking around while everybody's laughing, like clearly this is fucked up. And then you wonder why Kevin grows up to be Jigsaw, <laughs> <laughs> and and Buzz. Is straight fire in the second one. Like as good as he is in the yeah. first one, he's even. Better Wait, what, in the what does he one. say? He goes, "Beat that toilet breath." Trout, trout sniffer. Trout sniffer. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Producer's still on it. I love it. And the and just the one that I loved as a kid. All right, enough with this gooey sh- show, show of emotion. emotion. Love it. I loved it as a kid. The gooey show of emotion. Pretty ballsy for the uh, the Plaza Hotel to give the uh, room service bill. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did give him all those free, all those free rooms. Like you know, come on, this kid ate Eat all the that ice cream. Cha- well, I mean, they chased their eight year old, their ten year old away. And uh, I, and for a guy that was just buying overnight flights from Paris to New York, and, he gets and, really upset and about nine hundred dollars. And he should not get upset about a nine hundred dollar. Yeah, no, come on. what he's put his kid through. It's one of those tickets is nine hundred. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the amount of money he spent on air travel in the past two years, nine hundred dollars <laughs> is nothing. Terrible. Okay, are we ready for the awards? Yeah, let's Gentlemen. do it. We're now, these awards are specifically for Home Alone 1. Yes. If you want to 
sprinkle a little Home Alone 2 logic in there, we'll allow it. This is, this is the uh, Home Alone universe here with this, so. MVP, Grant, this, is, uh, this has been your show here, so we'll let, uh, we'll let you go first. All right, well, the obvious answer, I think, is Mac, but I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to go, go Daniel Stern. He's my, wow. he's my MVP. I think his performance is so over the top, but still kind of nuanced in a way. Yeah. And I, and I think like he just adds this, this almost likability to the villains, which is hard, which is hard to come by. I, I feel like, I feel like his performance elevates the movie. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's great in it. He's, he kills everything. Everything yeah. he's, every scene he's in just works fantastically. Like the, the fact that where he, where we don't, we don't talk about his scene where he talks about the angels with filthy souls. Like he's clearly seen the movie. <laughs> he's got, he's got the movie. Someone got like, here first. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I know that. He's like, that guy sounds familiar, and I know I heard the name Snakes before. It's like, yeah, because you've seen the movie before. <laughs> That's so good. And like, but like, That's so and, good. but he's so stupid, he doesn't pick up on that. Great. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's the funniest part of the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, even in the second one, when he just has the tape and he's just grabbing shit, the and sticky, when they're sticky bandits, and when they're ice skating and he's just taking everything and just putting it on, he has the earmuffs and <laughs> the hat over it. Like it just kills me. It's great. hysterical. Yeah. Great, Joey, your MVP. Uh, my MVP, I went Marley. The entire wow. neighborhood thinks he's a serial killer, and he is cleaning the ro- their sidewalk to protect them. He is the first and only adult Kevin trusts. He gives Kevin the strength to go fight the bad guys, and he saves Kevin from getting killed by the saves two bad guys. That's my wife's MVP. Too. And I know wow. she told me. And yeah, I was like, the producers clapping in the background. I love it. Marley, <laughs> I think, is the clear MVP of Home Alone. Wow. Okay, so I think we all kind of did the same thing and, and went away from Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Because he's obviously... It's obvious. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's kind of like the Rocky, yeah. situ- the Rocky situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because let's be completely honest here. That spot goes to nine out of ten child actors. This is not a movie we're talking about yeah, right now. I agree, I agree. And the later sequels would be evidence of that. Sure. You know, he, John Hughes was not involved or whatever too. But it, yeah. but it, He was the right kid at the right time. Of course. And perfect. He was perfect. Yeah. So it's from a value standpoint. I my MVP my MVP is my MVP is different, but it's kind of hard to argue against true value. Taking him out as far as like war goes, like wins right. against replacement. Sure. He's probably the most valuable piece in this. I am gonna go with John Williams' score though. Okay. Oh, nice. I like that. I think that he elevates this movie from just kind of a pop culture nugget movie. Yeah. To being a, a genuine piece of film and cinema. Like, he, he gets them to the Oscars. Sure. Two nominations. I think the whole mood of the movie from the first note, where you get this creepy intro yeah. to, the, to the action shot of, of Kevin going to set up the house, to the sentimental but not being over the top with Marley and his family. I just think that, that without the John Williams score... The movie's kind of run-of-the-mill. Okay. And I think that there's, there's like, very concrete value there in, in I, doing that. I so, agree. so I'm going, I agree. going John Williams for the second time. Okay. So I think uh, in my, the Jaws discussion. Jaws was, yeah. But, again, we have to just, again, look at Macaulay Culkin's right. work that he did there. I, I, feel, I, feel, like, I feel like we kind of all like went He's the obvious choice. Yeah. Yeah. got to pull away from it. It's that obvious. LVP. Now, this, this is we're, we've considered renaming this the Joey R LVP Award because of you taking the, such great the ownership. Joey, the over Joey it. Vitriol Award. 
all valid. So we will let you go first. We will defer to you. So I went Kate McAllister, the mom, because one, she left him. Two, she did not. So they get on the plane around, we decided, between 9 and 10 a.m. Now, I'm going to stop you for a second. And I just want to kind of do a little add-on to the to the listener. One of the reasons why we joke about it being the Joey R. LVP Award is, is because it, be, it eventually becomes the character that frustrates and pisses him off the most. 100% of the time. That, that really aggravates him. So it's, that, it's the so, character who does the, who does the most stupid shit in the movie that pisses me off. So sometimes it can be from a tremendous actor putting on an excellent Oh, Catherine O'Hara, I yes. love very so, much. We so. just wanted to specify. Oh, yeah, I love like, Catherine O'Hara. She's a, just a terrible mother in this movie. <laughs> They get on the plane around 9, 10 a.m. in the morning. She does not realize that Kevin is not on the plane until nighttime. So that means that they've been on the plane for hours without her going to check on her kids in, in coach. That's a fair point. Terrible That's fucking fair mom. Point. Daughter does the head count. She just takes zero accountability. When she calls the police, she just says, oh, my son's home alone. Can you go check on him? No urgency of the situation. Blames the ticket taker in Scranton. Bullies old people to stay. She doesn't go after young people. She makes her kids eat milk with pizza, which I've beaten to dead horse, so I'm going to move on from that. <laughs> oh, she gets home minutes before her family, just cannot even plan to save her kid. And then when she gets home, it's not like, Kevin, I'm sorry. She just says, Merry Christmas. Like, all right, fine, point in the movie. She but does say, Kevin, I'm so sorry. It's just, it's not real. I don't believe it. And it's all <laughs> bullshit. And she's okay. fucking terrible. She is the reason that Kevin doesn't go to adults when he's alone and has problems and people are trying to burglarize him because his mother never once takes his side when he is clear. Uncle Frank calls him a jerk and the mom blames him. The mom eggs him on to saying that he, that she doesn't, he doesn't want a family. That's all because she's egging him on. She's not helping him. She's not soothing him. She's not teaching him coping skills. She is just continually neglecting him and being a terrible mother. Oh, and John Hurd is getting a pass here, huh? He he's just out Tom there making Calister, money. He's, he's just a, he's, he's just a non-existent man. father. Got it. And we didn't we didn't reference the obvious Sopranos reference <laughs> yeah. here with uh, with John Hurd. Yeah, I didn't Kevin. realize that. Because John Hurd's in the in in Sopranos as a character yes. and then appears as himself. He appears as John Hurd, and Catherine O'Hara appears as Catherine O'Hara later on in a, in a Tony really? Soprano dream was, sequence. Was, yes. Okay. They, was, they was, appear as a couple, and Tony Soprano sits down and has dinner with them. Was it during the, the fever dream? There's a, 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 like a two-part episode of him as Kevin Finnerty is his uh, name, and he's okay. like, he's living in this altar. That's when he was in a coma. Yeah, he's in a coma. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, he's, and then he, he meets... He meets John Hurd and Catherine O'Hara. As John Hurd is Catherine O'Hara. And it's a total, yeah, total, total Home Alone reference. That's really so, funny. Yeah, very, very cool stuff. But And John Hurd is, is fantastic in his role in Sopranos. Yeah. As a, a dirty cop. Right. So, great oh, stuff. Oh, I like that. Grant, your LVP. Um, my LVP um, are the numerous uh, script shortcuts that were taken just to further along the plot. And uh, I, I know it's a, it's a kid's Christmas movie, but it's just um, sometimes I can only hold back so much. <laughs> I think there's there are just things there are just things that they just conveniently don't address or they just glance over just because they're like okay well that would destroy the entire structure of the plot so yeah. let's just forget it. No one will ever start a podcast nitpicking any of this, so let's just uh, let's just move along. Yeah, no, it's it's and it's like it's a <laughs> yeah, it's listen, it, it's a it's because I've seen this movie so many times that I that I notice these things, but yeah, so too susceptible to the nitpick. Yeah, a little bit. So my LVP, and I'm I, I I came to this decision 
based on the fact that I thought there was like an opportunity there. And I realized that we said in the very beginning, they're introducing a lot of characters all at once and everyone's got to get their shit in in a very short period of time in a very minimal amount of lines. But I thought they could have done more with Aunt Leslie, uh, okay. Uncle Frank's wife. I think that, you know, there there was an opportunity to have like some kind of an over-the-top character there. I guess maybe they wanted to focus on Uncle Frank, but she could have yeah, been... I, there could have been a yin to his yang or just... Or, or just like who is this? Who is this woman that's with this guy? Like, give us right. something, and you can do it in a couple lines. Yeah. And I, I do want to say I had a very hard time picking an LVP in this because I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no. That's why I went with this kind of nitpicky bullshit. Yeah, like, like character-wise, this is a super, super solid, tight, tight movie. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. Participation award. Who's getting the yeah. throwaway medal to just give them something? I mean, I went John Hughes here. Oh, she's a writer. Wow. So yeah. the LVP and the... And yeah, it's, it's like getting an Oscar and a Razzie. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes. It's I just think it's Zandy special. <laughs> <laughs> special. Yeah, I just think great career. I think makes something that's just super memorable here, clearly with flaws, but I think it works, and we're still talking about it 30 years later, and we are, you know, considerably older than we were and still watching it and enjoying it, so... Yeah. My honorable mention is John Candy. Yes. Ah, great. Uh, he just he comes he comes in and he just kills it. Absolutely kills it for the, the like the ten minutes he's on he's on screen. Not probably not even ten minutes, but he just destroys. It's great. Yeah, there's I mean, yeah. how could anybody argue with that? That's I mean, fantastic, wasn't you? Yeah. Uh, honestly, had I <laughs> that improv stuff just really yeah, nails watch, that watch it again. It's so, it's, it's yeah, so that's long. incredible. The funeral home story just is... honorable mentions going to go to uh, our our good friends and resident heel. Buzz, Devin Rattray. Yeah. And I think him coming back in the sequel and just hammering it home even better and just really like... <laughs> even more of a dick. Uh, he really owns great. it in the sequel. Yeah, he's just fantastic. He's he's the, uh, like, an undercard heel in this, and yep. he's just, yeah. he just kills it every time. Keeps that first hour of the program really tight. And, uh, yeah, just great. And and him looking like 2020 NL MVP Freddie Freeman <laughs> <laughs> makes, it, uh, makes it even better. So, that's it. Scene of the movie, I think we talked a little bit about this, Grant. Mine, mine was the church scene with Marla. The church scene, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really like him setting up the house, the house of horrors. I really enjoy that. Yeah. There's a lot. That, you can't say enough about the church scene, though. But, yeah, I, I love him setting it up and just preparing all the way up to, you know, he says, um, you know, this is it. Don't get scared now. Like, I, I, just, I Man, love all that. Yeah. Tough, tough to argue with that. Just because I just, I got to speak for the kid in me here. And it's going to be the Angels of Filthy Filthy Pizza <laughs> That's scene. That's great. Just, yeah. just, to me, it's just so great. And we didn't talk about the pizza guy knocking into the statue every time. The running gag. <laughs> the running gag that, about yeah. the statue. Is just then, like, the, then the, the airport delivery guy hits it too. Yeah, it's yeah, just it's a running gag. You see him picking it up. Yeah. The running gag that no one asked for. <laughs> just, it's it's just part of it forever. It's just a thing they did and they enjoyed it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Does anyone want to throw their favorite quote out there when we covered that or, or not? Does, does anyone have no, something for us? I, I got one. Okay. It's, it's, from the, it's from the church scene. So it's, uh, it's Marley talking to Kevin and he says, How you feel about your family is a complicated thing. Deep down, you'll always love them. But you can forget that you love them. And you can hurt them and they can hurt you. And that's just not because you're young. I I think that's a it's I think it's a great quote and I feel like that's you know and you know now that I'm I'm older it really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. You know, my quote is much much different. It's more lighthearted. It's not even a real word. It's just <laughs> it's Grant's MVP, it's it's Daniel yeah. Stern's scream. It's great. It just we get the tarantula on the face oh and that high pitched scream. It's just Which pure was... 
an instant comedy that will last forever. It's like, and we talked about, I think uh, last time, and I kind of, I, I felt a little bad afterward when I kind of ragged on some old comedies and I almost even edited it out. I felt so bad. I, was, I brought up uh, Monty Python. Yeah. I don't really Mel find Brooks, all that Mel stuff. Brooks. Mel Brooks. Yeah. And, and I got to say, like, I love <clears throat> Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Like, I find that very yeah. funny. And, you know, I like Blazing Saddles. Which I, I was just picking two extreme examples. Sure. That I, I think that sometimes comedy from decade to decade doesn't age great, but little yeah. moments like that, I mean, you'll laugh 50 years from now, you'll laugh at that. It's just, that's it's just, just timeless. Perfect. Just the pure horror on his face. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Calls it back again yeah. in, the, in the second one. Just great stuff. So, Joe, do you have a yeah. quote? For I mean, I, I love the Buzz A2D quote, but um, honestly, this is it. Don't get scared now. I, I really love cool. that. Right before yeah. everything. John yeah, very nice and simple. Just, in the background. Right. I think I said that before every Giants game. <laughs> <laughs> the first place Giants first we're going to date Giants. this uh, date this podcast they uh, finish yeah. in last place by the end of the season recast does anyone you go ahead I'll, I'll go so I I actually don't like this one because I always recast my LVP so I didn't re- like recasting Catherine O'Hara because I do like but, her um, so I recast her anyway and oh I always, you are you're going to recast yeah, I, I always recast well. my LVP it's, oh that's a that's like a, this, that's is a hard, a, this is a hard and fast yeah, so so you, there, you you hold it against them Fictionally, but you recast them factually. Yeah. This time okay. it hurts. Hey, hey, this time it hurts a little bit, but okay. you know, All right, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't change our actions, <laughs> right? <laughs> but someone who you know, I think would uh, better, I do guess. it better. Uh, I want Christina Applegate, like currently. Wow, I think she. You know, she's funny. She's good. I, I think she would um, actually give a shit about Kevin a little. Hmm. Change little, it up a little, bit. a little, a little more warm. Yeah, I think she'd be good. I, I really like her so. Now, oh, let me ask you this. Do, what, what do you do with her hair color? Keep it the same. Sorry, that's a shallow question. Wait, red, red, she's a redhead in this? No, she's blonde. Oh, I got excited about thinking about her as a redhead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Grant, recast. My recast is the American Airlines guy from Scranton. The guy behind the counter that Catherine Harry yells at. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And um, to, just to uh, have a three, three people from SCTV... In that scene, I put Eugene Levy as the guy. Nice. Love it. Just, just Love that, it. makes that, so much at, sense. At that, yep. at that time, like, it's perfect. You know, not not no time machine here. Just 1990, right. Eugene Levy. Um, I feel like he would be. That's awesome. I feel like he would just be a little perfect touch. Yeah. Yeah. Now, which makes me think. Now that you're saying that, like, had John Candy stayed alive, do you see him in Best in Show, and do you see him in A Mighty Wind? I don't know if he was in because I don't think he was in Waiting for Guffman, which was before he passed. Which is another Christopher Guest movie. Mm-hmm. He was—I I thought he was in that. Was in, I, I might be I wrong. I remember. I, I, um, but I, isn't I'm that sure, a fun thought to think I, that he'd I, be in? I those? would love him in Best in Show. Yeah. Best in Show is fantastic. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. It's, oh, it's great. I, it's great. I, I'm more familiar with The Mighty Wind, to be okay. honest. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for, like Fred Willard is the the commentator of the dog show. I love Fred. And Fred Willard is, is and Fred Willard is fantastic. Um, so yeah, no Eugene Levy. I feel like would be perfect as the uh, the Scranton. Uh, I like American that Airlines guy. My recast here, okay, again, kind of had a hard time with this. Now, Joe, you, when you, like, kind of hinted at Jigsaw early on, I, like, went back and went, oh, my God, he's going to put Tobin Bell in the Marley role. And I'm oh. like, God, that is genius. And then you, you, you went to Home Alone being a prequel to Saw, which is 
But I just thought of that mid-podcast. I'm like, wow, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, but, I like that. Um, but I, I, I love the guy who plays Marley in that. I think he's fantastic. Robert's so. Blossom. I love that name. That's his name? Oh, that's Rob, a great Robert's name. Robert's Blossom. Do we know him from anything else? Or it's, 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 It looks I like he did a whole bunch of westerns. <laughs> like that's what, that's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, he was in Escape from Alcatraz, Close Encounters, Christine. He, he There's does. your Stephen King reference. Yeah. Right <laughs> he, he's got some... He's got some stuff in here. Good for him. Moonlighting, yeah. Tales from the Dark Side. All right, all right. Yeah, I mean, again, like, I, I kind of like him in this. Like, I don't really want to take him out of this. So he's yeah. he's ah, just he's cemented in my mind in that role, and I love it. Like, as I looked at that, I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to put, put James Cromwell in there. And it's like, yeah, I think that makes sense, but I don't know that I like that better. You know, like, so I went to our Santa Claus scene. I'm going to recast Santa Claus in this. Danny Glover? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> Speaking awesome. of Saw? It's not Billy Bob Thornton either, which also would be awesome. Okay. Uh, and I do love that scene, and I do think the guy with the Tic Tacs does a nice job in it. But I'm, I'm going to Max from Armageddon. I'm going to up the ante a little bit here. And I'm going to put in Josh Mostel, who you may not know his name off the off me just reading it off. Uh, however, you may know him better as the Blob or the principal from Billy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> that's Josh Moskell okay. I think you put him right in there you can do a nice he, he job was, he was, and he was in City Slickers uh, was he? Yes. Oh, he oh was, really? Yes, I didn't know that yeah. yes so I, I thought he would have he would have filled that filled that role in nicely and, and would have been a little probably a little heavier than the guy that, that was there uh, yes so gentlemen we made it to the end here a very BPC Christmas indeed we did it we did our uh, our Thanksgiving episode last time around which was Shawshank Redemption. Before that was our Halloween episode. Really hit the holidays Halloween. here. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is the end of our holiday run there. So all those Best Picture fans who are getting cranky about us doing non-Best Picture winners, mm. we're uh, we're getting back on the track here. We have one more episode before the end of 2020. Wow. That's crazy. And, uh, yeah, 2020 was a year that, that birthed BPC. We did our first episode in February of this year. Wow. It was an, it, it, our first two episodes aired on the same day. And we're getting to the end of the year. So we have one more episode for the end of the year. We're still uh, figuring out exactly which one that's going to be. We're going to be calling an audible here. So this what keeps it interesting. Yeah. Yes. That being said, we had a fun year for sure. We did a few of our our non BPC episodes. This is one of them. Roadhouse would be the other one that we didn't mention there. That's uh, yep. our sub fifty tournament winner. Love it. And it's been a lot of fun, guys. I've had a blast doing this with you two and. Last week, I, I called out everybody and, you know, thanked everybody, so we don't have to do that again. Uh, I did forget Kathy Short, though, so I don't want to thank her uh, of course. as well. She's been a great contributor. She, she's basically just the, the unspoken hero. Yes. Uh, like, literally unspoken because oh, she hasn't yeah. been on it, but, like... But she was a yes. part of our overall rankings for the first 15. She's Hopefully, she'll be a part of our rankings for the second 15. Yes. She's a silent partner, stuff. like a driving force. That's yeah. Just, yeah. Great. Yeah. Great stuff. Great questions. I want to... Take this time to wish everyone out there a Merry Christmas. Grant, Joey, thank you guys. Merry yeah, Christmas yeah, to you guys. Merry Christmas Merry and cri thanks for listening and uh, enjoy. Merry Christmas, guys. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening. Thank you, everyone, for listening and Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> everyone dancing and a Happy New Year. Everybody.